Welcome back to Clear Talk. I'm your host, Armin Shafi, and this is my co-host today, Jeanette Oduro. And today's going to be a special episode because it's our six-month anniversary, six months straight of doing Clear Talk, and our team, my team, is going to ask me personal questions, no net, no rules, and no limits. Now, before you watch the show, let me know in the comments below, what's your highlight today uh, so far in the last six months of 2020 for your life? You ready to do this? Let's do it. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Clear Talk. I'm your host, Armin Shafi, and this is my surprise co-host for the day. Say your name. Jeanette Oduro. And uh, this is the number one show for entrepreneurs who need clarity, coaches, speakers, experts. I don't care what you do. If you want to build a business, have dreams in your life, this is the show for you where we answer questions and clear the fog in your mind on things that you might need some clarity on. And so listen, if you're on, uh, on YouTube right now, I want you to hit that subscribe button. And if you like content on mindset in business and how to grow your dreams, grow your business, and actually become your own boss, then hit that subscribe button and hit that little notification bell so YouTube can let you know when we post new videos and training videos and all that good stuff. If you're on Instagram, share this to someone in your DMs, bring your friends on, share it with your family, bring the neighborhood out, open up a barbecue, start cooking some ribs and watch the show with us. And if you're on Facebook, hit that share button and let other people tune in so they can actually ask, ask live questions. And comment down below right now if you're watching this and if you're excited and hit that uh, that like or heart or care button, just care buttons now. Yeah. There's a care bear button, so... Welcome back. Wow. This guys, this is a special episode. Would you like to know why? Tell us, Armin. It's because it's our 6 month anniversary. That means this is the 24th show. We've been doing Clear Talk for 6 months straight. Not a beat missed, not a not a Monday missed. Every 12 p.m. at Eastern Time on a Monday, we go live and then we post the uh, edited version of the show uh, by Wednesday or Thursday of the same week. So Everyone's coming on right now. I'm excited to see you guys. Look, here's here's what's going on today. Today's going to be a little different, okay? We're not just going to answer any questions. We're going to answer specific questions. And so, Jay, why don't you let everybody know? First of all, you can say hi and, you know, do your introduction. This is uh I don't even want to I don't even want to insult you with the size and say it's the next Oprah cuz she she's going to be the next Jeanette. <laughs> so, uh so we were making a joke before the before the live. We're like, "Welcome to the Oprah and Tony Robbins show." <laughs> Because <laughs> we're like little versions of them, you know what I mean, like as kids. Welcome to the Oprah and Tony show. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Anyway, so why don't you explain to everyone how this uh, how this episode is going to work. Awesome. Okay, so hello everybody. Um, obviously, I'm so excited to be on the show. We had a slightly different idea originally, but you know, this is what we're rolling with. So let me tell you what we're going to do. So first and foremost, the entire team is going to contribute and let us know, one, their favorite question that we've ever talked about on the show. And we're going to get Armin's perspective today based on is like things that have changed. You know, it's been six months, of course, and uh, kind of talk about what he actually answered at that time. And in addition to that, every single member of the team is going to ask Armin one question that they've always wanted to ask him. So I'm excited. 
to kind of hear what he has to say. <laughs> um, but every all the team is here. You know, you're going to have the chance to hear their voices. So, you know, if you didn't know, I'm Jeanette. I'm Jay. Everyone calls me Jay. I'm a part of Armin's team. We've also got Isaiah, our cameraman. Uh, let's say hello, Isaiah. Hello. <laughs> we've got Emad, our marketing man. Say hello. Hello. And we've got Lauren, our content genius. Content? Content? Genius. <laughs> say hey. Hey. So all of them are going to ask a question. And we got well. Jay, the, and, yeah. the queen of the castle, who's <laughs> helping us manage and run this entire operation smoothly. So say hey, Jay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. So are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. So, so just to get this clear, you guys are about to have a lot of fun. I'm about to let my team ask me any question they want to ask me. No rules, no limitations, no nothing. So you can ask me anything and I get to answer it. And also we're going we're gonna to nostalgically go through all the greatest questions ever answered on this show over the last six months and uh, re reminisce on it and like see if I have different opinions of things because I've grown, right? I remember in January when we started the show, the first ever show I watched, um, we did the episode. I remember w watching myself and I just had come out of depression and I was on this high. I was on the super high. I'm like, the whole world is mine now. You know, I'm going to conquer my goals. And I had such a different perspective of things. And it's like, I've grown six months. So anyways, it's going to be a good show. Are you ready, Jay? I'm ready. <laughs> Yay. By the way, for all my law of, law of attraction manifestees, all my spiritual people, listen to me very carefully. On Jay's vision board. Is the clear talk show. I'm joking. It's not. It's not. But she did want to be on a show. Just so you know. She's been for a long time now visualizing herself having a show and doing like speaking. And so she was speaking at a Zoom event last week on a public event. And now she's on a show. How quickly is stuff happening for you? Fast. And she, are you almost done your coaching certification? I am. She's about to become a coach. Who said you can't work with an A player and start becoming an A player yourself? Nobody. Right? Did Gary say that? I don't know. I don't know, but we're proving it wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. So first we've got, um, I believe this was Isaiah's pick. So Isaiah's favorite question was, what's the biggest lesson you learned in the past year? Armin's answer at the time was, failure grows you and success humbles you. Mm. And if it doesn't, you'll meet failure to grow you. You get what you want and you want what you get when you get there then you really have control over your goals. Hmm. Do you remember that? That's a good answer. <laughs> Who said that? That was Isaiah's pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, coming out of the shower, when I finish, I, so I, I, I always say failure is, uh, is my, failure grows me and success humbles me. And I just make sure that, because the opposite is always true about people. Like people think success grows you and failure humbles you. I think the more successful you become, you should become more humble or else ego will take you. And the more uh, you fail, you should be more grateful and grow, um, you know. And, and so, so I think that's how it should be. So I same answer still. Yeah, I still say that today. Wow, awesome. Yeah. So Isaiah. Good pick, Isaiah. Phenomenal pick, Isaiah. You got your question ready for Armin today? I have my question ready. Um, so my question is, what's the difference between fear of success and fear of failure? Mm. Did you make that one up? No, that was a question I was dealing with over the weekend. Yeah. So I wanted to understand it more. Okay. Like, I yeah. I understood what Grant Cardone told me about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say a lot of things. I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's from my studies and my own growth and my mentorship from, from thinking grow rich. There is no fear of success. Let me ask you a question. Who do you know that's afraid of succeeding, really? Being afraid of succeeding? That sounds so stupid when you think about it. Why would you be afraid of succeeding? Why would you be afraid of getting what you want? There's no such thing as fear of success. 
people say fear of success, and I know because Les Brown says it in his motivational tapes. I know Grant says it. I know you know a lot of people say it because that's what people think is real. So they're just going off what you think is real. There's no fear of success. There's just fear of failure in disguise. You know when they explain what fear of success is, they go, oh, fear of success. Uh, what if you get there and you can't manage it? That just means you're afraid to fail. There's no fear of success. I need my fire emojis. <laughs> you should just have it right. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, it, oh, this is not even white. No, it was white. it's not. It's not. <laughs> so if this is your first time on the show, usually I ask the questions. That's a fire any, emoji. And anytime Armin says something good, I like fire emoji. Fire. <laughs> so yeah, there's only fear of failure, meaning um, you're just afraid of you know failing. And then there's a fear of success, which is not real. Is if you get there, you just fail at a bigger scale. Like you lose it all or something. That's just fear of failure, man. That's just fear of failure. Okay. Um, and here's the cool thing. Like here's it's like what's fear of failure? I, I always like to think about that. Like what really is fear of failure? Where does the fear of failure come from? And I would like to say school, but that's like a, that's a tactical answer because you're saying that's exactly where they make you afraid of failing. Like failing a test, you you get you know you fail your marks. It's a bad thing, um, which is not true in the real world. But like really bring it down to the real source of it. It's criticism. What will others think if I fail? So I genuinely believe fear of failure, first of all, out of the six major fears that Napoleon Hill talks about in Thinking Grow Rich, fear of failure is not one of them. He doesn't even say it exists. You know what it is? Fear of criticism, fear of poverty. Fear of poverty meaning um, all the fears that come with being poor, all the fears that come with caring what other people think. Those create fear of failure. Because think about it, if, if you lived in a, in a neighborhood where everyone's always failing and they're okay with it, you would never be worried about failing. Right? Yeah. It's because what is mom going to think? Dad going to think? Sister going to think? Brother going to think? Girlfriend? Boyfriend going to think? Um, if I fail, what are the people going to think? Strangers going to think of me as my reputation. So it's all, it's all BS, guys. Like, there's no fear of failure. What do you think? You're asking my opinion. <laughs> yeah, of course. Fear. Well, you know, I kind of agree, to be honest with what Armin's saying. It's like, you can't really, it's like you're waiting, you're, if success, if you get there, like, you'll know you got there. You'll feel it. You'll just know. It'll be in every fiber of your being like, wow, like, I really made this. You know, like, whether you cry, whether you scream, whatever happens at that moment, like, your intuition knows, like, wow, I really, really made it. So at that point, does fear exist? You know? No. So it's well, like. If someone comes, listen, if someone comes to you and you just, like, you know, made your first million, made your first 100,000, and I'm just talking money. Maybe you landed the, the job of your dreams. Maybe you found the person you love, whatever. Someone comes to you and says, be careful. Make sure you don't lose it. You know? You know what I mean? Now you have fear of success. All yeah. this BS. Yeah. It starts from. And you know where fear of success comes from? Fear of poverty. You grow up in a family that never seen a lot of money before, so what happens to them? As they're growing, as you're growing up, they put it. They see the fear in you that even they see the fear in you that don't worry about. It. They see the fear in you that um, you know. Um, make sure you don't fail, but even when you get there, make sure you don't fail again. You know, at a bigger scale. That's fear of success. So you get all these poor, these these like innocent kids. Like we all grow up in. Most of us grow up in dysfunctional families, and I'm saying like you grow up in that family, and none of them know how to tell you to be excited about success because they've never had it. Most of them never had it. So all they make you do is become afraid to lose it. So that's called fear of success and fear of failure all put into one. It's just fear of poverty, meaning you raise in an environment where um, you're just afraid of all the things that come with being poor and being, you know, like having no uh, options in life, no choices, you know, all that stuff, like eating, have, like shelter, whatever. And then it's like fear of criticism. What's everyone going to think when I get there? You know, there's no such thing as fear of success, man. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem.
Awesome. So our next pick for favorite question is from Lauren. So Lauren's question that she thought was the best is, what's more important at ESSA, clients or employees? Armin's answer at the time was the team. Without my team, nothing would happen. So he also talked about the Titanic, right? So when the Titanic was sinking, you need the team to be with you down like as the ship is falling down you need your team standing there playing the violins and he he said you know like our team is here to make sure everything's running smoothly the guests the people who got on the titanic they just buy a ticket so anytime you ever come to our event you know you just bought a ticket he the team saves the customers and the team is what matters first the team is providing the heart the service and their love into it yeah you guys see that titanic scene where the ship's sinking and they're like the band knew that like there's no way off ever all the rich people were taking the boats and one guy started playing like the cello and then his other team member saw him playing the cello so he showed up playing the violin and then like in within five minutes everyone's running for their life on the boat like trying to get a lifeboat and these guys are just on a slanted ship going down to the water just playing together i'm like that's what team is they were dying together in harmony like that's real team and if they didn't have that kind of team, you know, maybe one person running by got a little bit more calm because they heard the beautiful music as they're about to die. And the team sticking together in harmony creates the atmosphere, creates the success. Um, plus, you guys, what do you guys think? This is a, first of all, I've said this multiple times before. There's no such thing as self-made. You know, anyone who claims themselves self-made millionaire, self-made billion trillionaire. Okay, they're just full of themselves. There's no such thing. Nobody's self-made. You can do a lot of things on your, on your own, but there's no amount of massive success you'll ever have without help. Ever. Like, it's just not possible. Um, it starts with you. But when you're doing the right things over time, people need to come and help, and they just show up. Um, like, this, like you guys think this all runs. Like, this show, like I already told you guys on different episodes, it's because of this team. Um, my business right now online is because of this team. Um, you know, clients being taken care of because of this team. I just focus on what I'm really good at. But if I didn't have other people really good at other things, it would not work. So if you're watching this and you have ever put anywhere on your social media self-made something, delete it right now, I'll forgive you. And uh, move, over, move forward saying, you know, uh, community made. You know why? Because even if I didn't have a team and I was a, and I was a solo entrepreneur, guess what? It would guess without who I would not be successful? My customers. So are you self-made or are you a millionaire because... You know, tons of people paid you a lot of money because of the offer of service you offer. Without them, it's like this. It's like saying a speaker is self-made. Without the audience, you're not a speaker. You're speaking to an empty room. So you're never self-made. Get this get this egoic crap out of your head. So egotistical, self-made. Arrogant. It's arrogant. It's a it's a childish thing, eh? When I was a kid, I I wanted to be like, I did it on my own. I'm like, well, I started on my own. I didn't get here on my own. That's the quote. You start on your own, but you don't get there on your own. Okay? And, and rethinking Grow Rich, like in Mastermind alone, Napoleon says, no great success has ever been accomplished without help, without the help of a mastermind. You need people in your inner circle helping you. So, like, yeah, selfishness, there's no room for selfishness or self-centeredness in, um, in a higher level of success. I'm sure you could probably run a really mean, like, pizza shop on your own sure but like you want to do anything uh not that that's a bad thing by the way i'm just saying if you want to do a big scale company then you need help okay yeah that's good 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 uh good pick lauren very good pick so lauren do you have your question ready for our yes it kind of like builds off of each other yeah. but 
I was thinking about this, I'm just like, okay, so there's like the three pillars of success or like what builds it up, which is health, wealth, and relationships. Okay. First of all, do you believe in that? What? As like the three pillars of success? Do you uh, need all of them to feel balanced? Um, my obvious answer is going to be I'm way too young to answer this question. I have no idea. At 55, I might come with a whole new pillar that I didn't know existed. And the only reason why I'm answering like this is because I'm reading Grow Rich with Peace of Mind right now by Napoleon Hill. He wrote that in his 80s. And you start to realize how much he didn't know in his 30s and 40s when he wrote Thinking Grow Rich. And he's honest about it. So a real wise answer is like, I don't know how many pillars there are to life and if there's pillars at all. Um, I do know when people create pillars of success, they're just trying to create a structure around understanding life. Um, if you listen to gurus from the East, I like to listen to Sadhguru. He's a really good, uh, he's a really cool speaker. Um, he explains how when you try to come to conclusions in life is when you're trapped the most. When you're seeking for conclusions and pillars and structure, and that's what you're trying to bring your philosophy of life based on, uh, you really are lost the most because you're you're trying to bring uh, this non-physical, non-traceable, non-manageable thing called the mind and the spiritual world and put it into this box that doesn't exist. So it's like you can't limit it. You must always be seeking. So my real answer is I don't know. I'm always going to be seeking for the answers of what balance is in life and all this good stuff. Um, but are there are there factors to what makes a happy person? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that. I, I, and uh, I just say based on my own life right now, based on only my life right now, um, if health and fitness, like health was not taken care of, I'd be miserable. I don't know how anyone um, is dealing with health issues and happy. Like, I, like when I mean health issues, I'm not just talking about weight. I'm talking about like energy. I'm talking about like mental, like fatigue or not. I'm talking about inspiration, you know, emotions of positive or negative. I'm talking about peace of mind, right? Like if people don't have that, don't, don't kid yourself. I don't care what kind of trend you start. You're not happy in life. Okay. Um, health, very important, right? Wellness, uh, money. If you don't have money, if you, if you're, if you're lacking the money to live, you will not have peace of mind. You're like, you're not healthy. Let me say that again. If you don't, if you lack the money to live, you're not healthy. It's impossible for your mind to be at peace when you can't pay bills. Like, you know, I'm not saying be rich. I'm just saying have the money to live and have that money in a way that doesn't make you cry because you have to go to work. So if you're happy doing what you do and you have enough money to live, at least you're at the starting point of peace. You don't have to be a millionaire to be to say what do what I'm saying. I'm just saying you can't. You have to be able to be financially independent. Um, so money is an important factor, right? Love. I mean, love. Um, if you haven't experienced love in your life yet, you're missing out. Like one of the greatest privileges of of being a human is to experience emotion and the greatest emotion is love love for things love for god love for a person um an intimate love especially is is just the most beautiful experience ever and if you don't feel it like it softens you as a person you know it makes you feel like grateful for life um that's definitely a pillar for sure like an intimate relationship but then there's actual relationships like harmony if you really want the closest thing to pillars i would say is in in, in napoleon and i just keep quoting him because he's pretty much done most of the work for us um napoleon talks about in grow rich with peace of mind and thinking grow rich and pretty much everywhere there are 12 princes and it's actually on my wall if you see next to you um lauren it's on the wall it's called the 12 or 8 princes um of of success and it's like i don't remember all of them from heart but i do know it's like harmony and human relationships the capacity to understand other people um um uh, sound mind and sound health sound body so that you're healthy um love for what you do like a love of labor um the ability to want to give like to help others out contribute and the last thing on the 12 is like money so those are the 12 things i would say i would like work on improving in my life if you if you feed all of them um, you have a pretty good little kingdom running for your for your life. Yeah.
What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think your question was about balance, right? So are these the three things that you need to like feel like a balanced and like well put and wait, wait was that human, your question right it was a part of it oh it sorry part yeah. of it yeah but, like it's okay yeah you that's a pretty hefty question right there it I is didn't think you would be that like in depth i'm like okay uh, well my answer would be like you know everybody has a different kind of balance yeah you know like balance isn't i have i do this 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 and it's equal 30 percent, right yeah, yeah. i think for everyone and this was probably the hardest lesson that i had to learn because um and it's straight armin is no stranger to this we were very work 100 percent of the time with like no thoughts about anything else so what i had to learn in my journey is that you know my level of balance for certain things is going to be a different caliber than someone else's so like my labor of love like what i love to do in terms of working building businesses etc is like probably like 90 percent of my life like 80 to 90 percent of my life but like and but that's balance for me right because i just love to do that so much but the other like 20 to 10 percent is like the things that I love to do with people and community and whatever else is, is possible for me. So, you know, but that 20% for me feels like everything. Yeah. Right? And, like, the 80% also feels like everything. But do you feel like it's, like, a misconception? Like, some people are, like, they think they're a uh, human robot, like a software. Yes. How do I con how do I allocate 10% of my energy into yep. 10 different things? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not how you program a mind. Exactly. Like, life is not like that. If yeah. you look at a heart monitor, it's not, like, it's not, like, blocky. It goes up and down, zigzagging. This is what happens because your your own biology is fluctuating all the time. Life is a fluctuating, like, thing. It's not... It's not systematic. It's not linear. It's not. It's the problem, right? Well, like we have a logical side of our brain, and we think everything should be logically linear. Life is not like that. Like, you have the greatest three months of your life. Like, you have the best January of 2020, and then you know two months later, bang, pandemic. Like, and then you know you go from like here to like here. Like in any moment, you can go from like the richest person in the world to like the poorest person in the world. In any moment, you can be the happiest person in the world, and then the person you love dies. Like, so it's like it, you guys got to stop trying to. Uh, structure life like you can't structure life you can structure your habits you can structure your business you can structure your your schedule to the to the best of your ability but your actual essence of life is a is a is a non-structured thing it's a it's like flowing it's energy it's like oxygen it comes and goes it's like water goes into the container becomes a container you know exactly. um but i think that's weird because like when you say it like that it's true because to me balance is like 90 percent of my time like honest <laughs> 90% of my time goes into my what I do, like what I love to do, which is my work. Yeah. 10% goes into family, um, relationships, health. hobbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I count my fitness and my health into my work. Okay, okay. So yeah. part of that 90% is like I work out because it keeps me mentally straight, right? But like aside from like leisure things that are not love of labor, 10% of my time is with family. Like I see my family once a week at Sunday. But that feels balanced to you. But some people will be like, Armin, you see them once a week? <laughs> exactly. How do, you, how do you slice your day up like a 17-inch like a pizza so you can see everyone and every single, do everything in one day at a time? That's not, it doesn't work that way. So my balance is 90% of my life is focused on my purpose. The rest of it is the stuff I love. And that's balanced to me because exactly. I'm still happy. Yeah. Some people are like, I need to spend half my day doing this, half my day doing that, half my week doing No. Ready for this? Balance doesn't mean equal. Woo! Okay? Balance doesn't mean equal. This is my fire emoji. Okay? <laughs> balance has nothing to do with equality. Exactly. Your schedule and time and your focus shouldn't be split equally. That doesn't mean balance. You're not a scale. Okay? It, you're, you're human. Like, 
Balance means you have all things you want mm-hmm. at all given moments. And guess what I want? I want 90% of my life to be focused on the work I do because I love it. That's my balance. You get what I'm saying? So, like, the faster you just get yourself to get all the things you want out of life, so that all your time is going like you're doing what you want to do, you'll feel balanced. You'll feel balance is the key. Yeah. Right? So, like, and uh, and obviously it's it's it depends on the person and the work and lifestyle because um, some people don't like a husband or a wife that is always working or usually working, but you can find someone that loves to work with you and you're both balanced. Okay, so what's the rest of your question? Lauren, sorry. <laughs> that was a good question. It was a great question. It was a great question. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, right, because a couple of weeks ago you were talking about like sex transmutation and I know you were direct, like directing it Sex! Got your attention. You were directing it more to like guys and how like it was more of like a guy perspective yeah when i was listening to it i'm just like so for you it sounds like health it's definitely a part of your goal but when you were talking about like when you're with a woman and you're using like you're visualizing your goal while you're with her yeah aren't you just using her as a vessel and she's not a part of your actual goal like your health yeah but that's like saying yeah that's yeah (laughs) that sounds controversial it's not not. that's like saying aren't you using that's like saying aren't you using oxygen to just live like you're such a user you're using you don't you use water to just hydrate well we're then in that case we're using everything so it's not a matter of are we using things or not of course you are using things that's the point of purpose of the things yeah if you don't use them then what are you doing with them <laughs> like i don't you don't date someone to take a look at them like a flower or a painting like you use them for giving you what you want they use you and that becomes a very harmonious relationship you give each other what you need and so what i'm saying is in that in that example which is like when i'm actually being intimate i like to not all the time by the way I just, i'm not this freak who's sitting there like Yes, uh, money. Like, I don't do that. But but I'm saying every now and then, it's very cool exercise to have. we got a lot of hearts and emojis coming in over here. Someone someone really liked Lauren's uh, controversial <laughs> co- question over here. It was a controversial. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase your question. Don't you think you're using the person you're sleeping with when you're thinking about your goals while you're having sex with them? That's not what I was saying. Well, that's I how I saying, took it. No, no, because you're saying that health is a part of your goal. Right. But it doesn't sound like a relationship is a part of your goal. It sounds like you're just using the Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay, no, relationship is a part of the goal. So here's the thing. With men, specifically with men, listen very carefully. Usually you want success to get something from it. So usually men want a lot of money so they, th- they can like attract women and like find love. This is like just a deep-seated thing for masculine people. Um, very deep. Like you're growing up, you see all these movies, all these like really like alpha males. They usually have power or money. And they have like this beautiful girl with them. So you associate being successful with money. That's the reason why. And then money with having a beautiful girl. So it's like deep down inside every boy growing up just wants like that loving lover that they can be with. You know what I mean? Very deep inside. Now, I know some crazy lunatic men that uh, don't. And they just genuinely want to like be Hitler or something and run the world. Um, Those people are crazy. I'm talking about the majority of men. (laughs) I'm talking about the majority of men. Okay. (laughs) I was like, hold on, are we good, Isaiah? We're at 30 minute mark. We're almost everything. Okay, cool. Um, I'm talking about the majority of men who want success, usually want it to like feel like they're enough for a beautiful woman or for not just beautiful on the outside, I mean inside everything. So most men find it as their measuring tool um, 
to to make themselves feel worthy. You know what I mean for love, for like real love and harmony with uh, with another woman. Now for women, I don't know. I can't speak. I mean, maybe you can. My my answer to this is this, by the way. Just to go back to the using thing, just so just just in case some people do think Armin's just using things. Like I'm gonna listen. Like I said, it's like are you using oxygen? Of course. That doesn't make you a a, a, a taking advantage of things. Well, of course I'm taking advantage. I'm living. I want to take advantage of life. What are you going to do? Not take advantage? It's like your gift. Take advantage. You know what I mean? Like, it's a gift to be intimate with someone. It's a gift to be with someone. Um, so take advantage of it, you know? And then when you know you can get more out of being with them, take advantage of that. That's the greatest um, compliment to the person, you know? So, so you know, um, it's, it's a good thing, guys, to, to leverage and take advantage of the opportunities you have in life. It's the greatest compliment to God, like the creator, like... He brought us here, so use it. You know what I mean? Like, use it. I think the greatest insult is when you're not using things at all. When you don't take advantage of your relationship, don't take advantage of the time, don't take advantage of your mind, right? Um, well, let me let me ask you this, yeah, Jay. Yeah. Um, are you sure we're good, bro? We're good. Yeah, because, okay, cool. By the way, if you like what you're hearing right now on, on, on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that little notification bell. Leave us a comment down below. Um, if you like this stuff and you have a different opinion of this as well, and uh, we would love to hear it. And if you're on Instagram, send us someone in the DM and on Facebook. Hit that share button real quick. Share challenge. Do this with me, JJ. Share challenge real quick. Hit that share button so people can join the conversation and get some questions answered. Um, awesome. And if you're loving it, by the way, drop some comments and uh, I'll have Imad read it out for us so we know what's going on. Let me ask you a question before we move on. What do you think on the female perspective of sex transmutation? Because, I mean, you've definitely been there and you've been with a man who definitely practices sex <laughs> transmutation. So what's your side of this? Yeah, so Armin kind of touched on it when he did answer this question um, on that episode. And it to be completely transparent, it's like, yes, all of the same, let's say, fundamental structures apply with you, you know, maintaining your personal energy and keeping that within you right but what you kind of have to understand um from the female perspective is like women are all about receiving energy right even biologically our body part that receives a male body part um is all about receiving right and the man is more forward right True. as armin described so men penetrate women yeah, receive. Exactly. So, you know, if we're talking about things like sex transmutation for women, what we have to understand is that naturally and biologically, not even talking about spiritually or the other stuff, like we are more susceptible to a male's energy in that way. So naturally, we are more susceptible to not even just a male's energy, but energy in general. So for me and my practice of sexual transmutation, I would Think of that circumstance as, you know, I am still going to be abstaining from the receiving physical aspect, but for the emotional aspect, I still try to receive that energy. Yeah. Right? Like you like to flirt and, and exactly. be cute. and exactly. That's what I was like, yeah. So it's right? the same on both sides. It's the same pretty much circumstance, but for women, it's like, we have to be, I think we have to be slightly more sensitive to the energy because it's like, yeah. for a male, when they're, when they're giving out the attention... They, they just like it's like that bravado they just like to feel it you know when they say like oh you look beautiful today and a woman smiles they like that yeah right and the woman would like to hear oh you know you look beautiful today and they're like oh thank you do you see yeah, the difference yeah, yeah right so yes it's the same thing though ultimately it's the same thing your energy is yours and you're not letting someone else take your energy you're using it to go towards your goal i think jay said it perfectly moral of the story is 
become very highly sexual, like wanting to engage with people, being attracted, being into yourself, being into people, playing that game with people. If you're single, obviously, and if you're with a relationship, just do that with the person you're with, um, but just don't have sex. And now you take all that energy, all that tension and pressure inside of yourself that makes you want to do it and bring it back into your goal. Yeah. doesn't mean don't ever have sex. If you're in a relationship, have sex, but just not so much that you're always tired. Okay, if you have sex, you know this BS, I see people like, hashtag relationship goals, I want to have sex five times a day. First of all, do you, you have understand? time for that? First of all, do you have time for that? <laughs> Second of all, what else are you doing? You know, like, every session is about 30 minutes. You're talking about six hours of three minutes? Three hours. Sorry, okay, sorry. <laughs> Anywhere from seven seconds for most males to no, 30 no, minutes. No, no, I'm saying more than 30 minutes. Whatever a good fit. My point is, that's a lot of time. You're not talking about the buffer time before and after. Clean up, you know, everybody clean up. Like after that, (laughs) after that, you got to clean up, you know, most people like to shower before, after there's a lot of like, it's a whole chore. My point is, if you, first of all, that is so, listen, if you have that much sex, you are depleting the energy you have to work like on anything. So you should, that is a, that is an addiction. You should not be doing that. My point is, um, you know, you can do like once a week, twice a week. That's fine. But like you do it like every day. Like all oh, these hashtag goals. I want to do it on the kitchen, do it on the couch, do it on the car, do it in the trunk, do it in the shower, do it in the sink, do it in the laundromat, do it on the ground, do it on the floor, do it on the ceiling. Like that's not hashtag goals. Anything guys. That's hashtag. You got no purpose to be working towards cause you got enough time to have sex all the time. Like I'm not even kidding. Let me no, tell you yeah. straight. I'm laughing, but I'm like, it's, he's right. Let me tell you straight. Like, um, you know, it's, you know, it's sexy. If you're with a man and the man's always focused on his goal and like, you know, and the only thing that can distract him is you. That's romantic. Like, you're just the guy, you, the man you're with is always focused on the goal and, like, nobody could rip his eyes off what he wants. But the only thing is, like, when you text him or when you see him, he, like, he doesn't, the only thing in the world is you now. That's sexy. You know, and keeping that energy between you without releasing into sex 24-7 is going to create a really strong drive for the man. And imagine for the woman as well. Like, man, if you're with a woman who's always positive, always like being a force of nature, force of love, and going around and help, doing what she's best at, being in a positive state, being a contribution to the world, which is their superpowers. Imagine looking at this person and, the, and then when they're with you, it's like the, you're the whole world they want to contribute to. That's such a beautiful romantic, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> my heart's like, oh, wow, love. <laughs> okay. Lauren, what a great question. Phenomenal question. We should have a whole show just for Lauren's questions. Right? That was awesome. Okay, so. Controversial. All right, what's the next question? Well, let's take a break here to see because of the social yeah, media yeah, are yeah. going crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So what's happening on Facebook? Great, what's great happening the on Instagram? On Facebook, we have a lot of fire emojis. Cindy, Cindy says, when you're secure within yourself, it doesn't matter with uh, what anyone thinks. Facts. Uh, <laughs> that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened on the Clear Talk show. Synchronicity. Go ahead. <laughs> In real time. Aris says, good to see you. Uh, both how, how often do I say facts, by the way? Never. I usually That was a once-in-a-lifetime situation. Do, yeah. Go ahead. Aris says, good to see the both of you keep going. Aris? Shafi? Yeah. Yo, yeah. my man! Hey, how are you? What's up? YPR! Go. Relax. Uh, <laughs> the next thing he says is, be my life. Oh! <laughs> Viva! For all my friends who didn't believe in me when I was just hitting my first three people in my network marketing company seven years ago, I told you. Sorry, I had to say it once. At least, at least once. Even though that didn't make me really rich, it brought me to where I am today. Absolutely. So I'm grateful for joining a pyramid scheme that was legal and based off all uh, legal products that were very healthy for you. Um, yeah. 
thank you, BK Bareko. I want to thank my mother. I want to thank. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. Okay, cool. On Instagram, Instagram. Instagram. Daniel Daniel said, "Burma for life." Woo! Car number fifteen. What, what was he? Car number eight. Was he twenty? Twenty something. Yeah, 20 you were twenty. 21? You came in late, bro. Yeah. It took too so, long. Daniel said, "Star Royal Bronze." Yeah, guys. So check this in. I, I hit this. I hit this rank in this company, right? I, I recruit like three people, and if you three people, you go from like affiliate to bronze. That's like the first level. Yeah. So I was so I was such a firehouse. Even though I only had three people on my team, even though I was such a beginner in the company, I was at events speaking because I was such a powerhouse. I'd come in like fired up, fired, and people were like, "Who the hell is this guy? Is he on cocaine?" You know, I'd walk in. I'm like fired up. I was just so excited about life because it was like so exciting to me to have purpose in life, and I'd go up and I'd open these presentations so i was speaking and i was like 18 years old i'm like you want to be the 93 percent or the seven percent and i was going in it so i was so fired even though i was like one rank everyone else was like seven ranks ahead of me they called me i called myself self-proclaimed star royal bronze so i was above every other bronze because no other bronze was doing what i was doing i never got to silver which was the next step that's why we uh that journey ended quickly so I was really bad at network marketing by the way the reason why i was bad is network marketing anyone watching network marketing here's the lesson i learned now is because I tried to do everything myself. I was trying to be a self-made network marketing millionaire. You can't do that in network marketing. It's called network marketing, not yourself marketing. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I tried to sell everybody on my own and I forgot I did not know how to lead others and to duplicate myself. And that's why I sucked at it. But I was a great speaker and I was a great leader, like to myself. But I didn't know how to lead others. If I ever did, I'm never going to, like, I can't say never. I mean, things change. I would, right now, there's no, like, future of network marketing. But if I ever did it now, are you kidding? I have, like, a thousand people on my team in, like, a week. <sighs> I guess we'll never find out, or maybe we will. Uh, did you log on Instagram from the beginning? I did. <sighs> yeah, we, there's definitely there's more There's definitely more comments above, but Wait, I mean, can you do yeah, me a favor? We, can we, we, the rest of, we could let the them go, I guess. If wow, comment, guys. If you commented before, thanks for commenting. You're just too far up to the screen. Okay, listen. If you want us to go two hours, just put two hours in the comments. We'll go an extra hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a good show. All right. You guys having fun, by the way? On Facebook, you guys having fun? Why don't you put, why don't you put I'm having fun in the comments so we know you're having fun. In Instagram, if you're enjoying this, if you're enjoying your time, leave us a comment right now. Guys, if you have questions, I, by the way, an, uh, you know, ask them in the comments, and we'll answer them on the next show for sure. Thank you very much. I'm showing you. Show me. Yeah, you ready for the you next do. one? Yes, what's going on next? Awesome. So Imad's pick was, is success based on confidence, skill, or luck? But And Armin's answer at the time was, it's based on your attitude. So confidence makes you a child of, a, of your mindset. Yeah. Skill makes you a child of your persistence. And luck, you can create it when you have the right thinking. But Thinking Rich tells us, when it comes down to it, it's all based on your thinking. I can give you the exact formula on how to build a business, but if your own thinking isn't controlled, direct and positive, you won't be successful. Yeah. I still agree. 100%. Nothing's changed. Guys, here's the thing. When principles are true, they're just true. It doesn't matter who says them. It doesn't matter what time of the year is. I was on a Zoom event just uh, this past Saturday, and somebody, uh, the president of Thinking Gorich was speaking, and I was right after him. And he goes up and he talks about Thinking Gorich during this time of like diversity and you know this prejudice and discrimination, all this stuff. And he's like, listen, Napoleon Hill has given us the secrets to, you know, living a very peaceful life. And if we all followed it, the world would be a better place. And this one guy comes up and his name is Mike, he's a cool guy. And he asked a really good question. He goes, why do you think we haven't evolved as humans since 100 years ago when this philosophy was written? And I remember hearing that and I'm like, I think he hasn't read the book like fully. Like I've read this book like dozens of times. I've sat in pretty much hundreds of hours of these seminars for Thinking Gorich. I have like 
if there's any, if there's every possible angle of understanding thinking or rich, I've been exposed to every angle. Um, at least most angles that most people have ever been exposed to. I remember hearing it and, um, and Satish had a great answer. You know, he just said, listen, we have evolved, you know. Um, and that doesn't mean the philosophy isn't true anymore. And I, and I went on and I addressed it. I said, listen, I have one. I'm a student. I didn't even create this philosophy. I'm just a student. I'm a, I'm a happy client of this philosophy. And let me tell you something. 100 years ago and 500 years ago and 2,000 years ago, the seasons were still the same. Summer still came after fall. Uh, sorry, spring. Fall came, still came after summer. Winter still came after fall. That never changed. The sun still rised and set. This moon still rised and set. Like, the laws that are true are still true. I'm like, here's why this is not just a book. This philosophy wasn't written on opinions. Think and Grow Rich was based off truth. It was based off observation of the laws of nature. And because law of gravity hasn't changed since 100 years ago, no matter how evolved we become technologically, emotionally, physically, it doesn't matter. The laws are still the laws. So what Napoleon did is gave us a, a philosophy to help us become harmonized with these laws so we can let the universe work with us, not against us. And the point of this is he taught us how to go with the flow instead of against the current. And maybe you're just sucking a pond and trying to get to an ocean. That was one of the lines. That was one of my favorite lines from one of the episodes. My point is, that was my answer. And so, it doesn't matter how evolved you become. Like, if you don't learn how to use the law of gravity in your life without killing yourself, then, you know, that's, that's a you problem. That doesn't change over 100 years. So, you know, this is the law of, like, success. That's why it's called the law of success. There's laws to it. Follow these laws, you'll have whatever you want in life. You know, but I still believe it's your attitude. You know, I work with hundreds of coaches in the last four years, uh, hundreds of different clients. I've met thousands of people. And uh, still to this day, I've yet to find uh, a barrier to success that's greater than attitude. Like, it always comes back down to the source of the problem. You're, you're thinking about this is terrible. You're thinking about this, you know. You meet a person that goes, I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at this. I'm like, okay, guess great. Everyone's bad at everything in the beginning. So you keep saying, like, this is, this is error. This is error. I know this is error. We're going to move on now. Like you're bad at everything in the beginning, but your attitude is if you only focus on what's always what you're always bad at and you keep telling yourself, that's all you always, always know. But if you can focus your attitude positively towards what you're going to become, you know, the beginning of a 12 year degree, um, uh, education process to become a doctor, you're probably a really bad doctor. But by the end of the 12 years, you're probably really good. And success in business works the same way, but no, no one, they keep saying, imagine you went through school, how stupid would it sound to go through school, you're six years in, halfway through the medical uh, process, and you're like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor yet. Obviously, you're still in school. That was spit. You get what I'm saying? So the, your, your mindset is crap. And my crap mindset never produces great results. It just doesn't. You got you to gotta be realistic and optimistic towards the future. Okay. So I still agree on that one. So what's your question for the, for the day, man? My question... Um... So uh, you have been a public figure, an international speaker, an entrepreneur for, for some time now, right? It's been over four or five years and we all have, as human beings, have good traits and we have traits we still are working on. My question is, people around you are always looking up to you, trying to learn from you. So how do you frame your behavior in public or even at workplace? Do you do anything differently from the words you choose to speak or how you frame your ideas? Are you asking me if I'm different in public when I know people are watching me versus if I'm on my own? Not exactly. 
but because you understand that there are people who look up to you and uh, what you say and how you do things is going to rub off on them do you do things differently or present your ideas differently mm. Mm. yeah so first I'll address the only reason why people look up to me is because I'm 6'2 no, no other reason no. okay <laughs> the only re- reason why people look up to me is because I'm tall uh, there should be no other reason you should ever look up to anybody I'll tell you something I've read from, uh, listened from Sadhguru say this and I loved it I just want to make this clear you create inferiority complex and insecurities in yourself when you look up and down at people when you look up, uh, look up at people, you put them on this pedestal in your mind, you become smaller than them. This is not honorable. I'm not talking about being a good student to a teacher. Like, I don't look up to Satish, the president of Thinking Rich, but I definitely learn from him and I'm humbled. I, I don't think I'm better than him. I think he's far greater and far wiser than I am because of the logical, obvious reason. He's, he's three times my age, three times experience, three times everything. So that's not a reason to look up at the person. I actually treat him like my complete, like we're friends sometimes. Um, and he allows me to feel just as confident as he does. Um, he doesn't make himself bigger than me, which is a real leader to me. And then, uh, you know, when you look down at people, you make it obvious in your own mind that it's okay that there are smaller people than you. So now you think you could be smaller than others. This whole size thing in your brain, looking up, looking down, this is just look at everyone where they're at. They're just another person. And in fact, the biggest uh, secret little like blind spot to success is most people look at these uh, successful people like celebrities, maybe rich people, whatever, and they see them as something different than them. It's the problem. Now you look at this rich person, you're like, oh, they're rich. I'm not. I'm looking up to them. Oh, look at this person. What happens is now if you're trying to convince yourself to be like that, you'll think it's so far away. Meanwhile, it's just another human being (laughs) that worked on something longer than you did. That's it. Is there, is there people better than you at things? Yes, there are definitely people better than you at things. I'm a terrible engineer, but I'm sure someone's a better engineer than me. I'm a great marketer. Maybe someone's a worse marketer than me. That isn't the value of the person. It's the value of their skill set. Um, so I don't hope nobody looks up to me. If you're watching this, you look up, don't look up to me. Look at me where I'm at. I'm just another person like you, and I'm working on this longer, and I'm working on this more, and whatever. I care about it more. And there is more or less if you compare yourself to others in terms of skill set, in terms of drive, all this stuff. Um, but in terms of human beings, we're all the same. And my answer is, uh, it's really easy, actually, how I, how I am, and because I know people are watching me, I just be myself. What I work on is not how are people going to take what I'm saying and it affects them. I work on what am I doing when no one's around me and how does that affect me? And if I make sure what I do in my own time when the doors are closed, behind closed doors, no one's watching and it affects me positively, then I don't ever have to worry about whether I'm positively or negatively affecting others when I'm around them. Because my integrity is I'm doing it first with myself. Does that make sense? Now, are you talking about um, influencing others in a positive way specifically because it's for them? Absolutely. I have a power to influence people. I'm good at persuading people. My job is to make people think bigger about themselves. So what do I do? I challenge people. If you work with me and my team, I'm going to challenge you to think bigger, be better, be, you know, strive for greater excellence. Um, but that's not because, like, I would never be able to do that with ethics if I didn't do it myself. So um, my answer is my behavior stays the same. I make sure I work on my behaviors behind closed doors. And then when I come out in public, I just got to be myself because genuinely I'm this person. And then people take that. The only extra notch I would give is I frame things to their benefit. It's not about me when I'm around others. When I'm around my team or customers, I make sure my mind is focused on what is good for them. So when I'm with them, it's not really about what do I want to say. Don't ever let what you want to say get in the way of what the other person wants to hear. It's a very important thing to know. Um, And sometimes... I'll give you an example. There's a scene in Avengers, the first Avengers, and they're on the ship, and uh, they're getting their their butts kicked, okay? 
and uh, the 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 assistant um, and agent to agent um, what's the guy with the eye patch? I forgot his name. Shield. Shield. Uh, Shield. So um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Sam yeah. Jackson. Okay. His uh, his his partner dies because he kills tried to kill Loki and then Loki like kills him whatever right and he dies he sits there and he dies and he got in front of Loki even though he couldn't he was a mismatch and Captain like they got their butts kicked right Hulk fell off the ship Captain America's they're fighting with Iron Man everyone's fighting right and Agent Shield Samuel L Jackson sh- comes up and he grabs the card from the from the inside pocket of Agent Coulson I think it was, his name is Coulson Coulson whatever it was Coulson okay. And he comes to Captain America, and they they have lost hope because they just got their butts kicked. They don't know what to do. And Agent Shield comes up, and he throws. He goes, uh, Captain, and he knows Captain America's heartstrings are for his people and stuff, right? He's a he's a leader. He goes, Captain. Um, he's like, I found this in Agent Coulson's pocket, and he throws a card of Captain America with blood on it. And Captain America looks at it, and he I know it like hits his heart because he goes, This guy just died, and he believed in me. And he looks at him and he goes, Agent Coulson believed in you. So I'm sure you'll figure this out. Something like that. Like he inspired him by showing, giving him pain, motivation. Because it's like this guy just died in your name trying to protect you. And um, Captain America walks away from the scene. So does Iron Man. Everyone f- runs away. And, and they get so – he got so angry that he died in battle for him that they suited up to go fix it. And as they're leaving the um, the ship and uh, the, the team's like uh, – uh, Agent Shield, uh, they've just left the ship. The assistant, the girl assistant, comes up and she goes, "Shield," and he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "That wasn't in his pocket, the card. That was in his locker." So Agent Shield lied to him and said it was in his pocket. Wow. And he looks back at her and says, "You have to do what needs to be done." I look at that as leadership. Like, is he hurting anyone by by saying that the card was in his pocket other than his locker? That wasn't the truth. The truth was he took the card out of his locker, put blood on it, and threw it in front of Captain America, and he created motivation for Captain America to go fix the problem. And they won. My point is this. Sometimes, like, you just got to do what's good for the greater good, and it's like leaders don't worry about doing things right all the time. They, they focus on doing the right thing. In that scene, Agent Shield did the right thing. And by the way, that wasn't the honest truth. Mm-hmm. And so I look at this when I'm with my team, when I'm, and you know, don't worry about it. When I'm with my team, when I'm with customers, when I'm with whoever, I don't get what I need to, what I want to say myself selfishly, like, but it's, uh, I got to say exactly what the truth, no, no, no. I don't let that get in the way of me saying what I need to say for this person to make a choice or to move forward. Okay. Now that power in the wrong hands is a bad thing because that means you'll say the wrong things and get what you want. Now you get criminals, but you know, that same Power is used by leaders. Is used by leaders. Not creating fabricated facts, by the way, but by bending the truth so that the person gets the point or so that the person gets what they need to hear and then it creates a positive thing, you just did the right thing. It's obviously a very you know two-sided conversation, controversial, but my point is look at history. Um, and in these movies, it's a great example because what do you think they get the ideas? So my thing is this, in, in public when I'm with team or whatever, um, I will just always make sure that the person is better off after I talk to them, better off after they're with me. 
I first work on myself so that I never have to pretend to be something I'm not. And that's exhausting. If I have to fake to be a fraud and be like this motivated, successful person, that'd be exhausting. So I don't do that. Um, I just work on being that person for real. And then when I'm with people, I focus only on the parts of things they need to hear so that they get the point. That's what makes an effective communicator. And that's just the truth, whether you like it or not. That's, that's you know, and I'm learning. I'm, I'm just a student of understanding that's what people do. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. What was the actual question? <laughs> Uh, what, did you, what was the point of that question so I make sure I got it properly? Well, we've got two minutes. So, no, you pretty much answered the question. I asked you, do you do anything differently from like how you speak and how you frame your ideas? Yeah, yeah. So that the point was here. The key point was if as a human being, we all have like good traits and bad traits. And sometimes when um, like if it's an accountant and if it's his team watching, it doesn't matter. And it's not looking up. Because, like how you said, people are trying to learn because yeah, yeah. they're in a different space from you are. So, but you're in a place where you're a public figure, you are in, uh, you're a coach. So people do want to learn. Yeah. And there is, there is, there are things to learn. And sometimes maybe uh, other traits that you're still working on can be rubbed off on people. Yeah. So is there a way that you try to keep a mindset where you, you know, try to not get? That I actually have an answer for this. Um, we're probably gonna have to come back though. What? For that. Because we're about, about to hit an hour. No, right? I don't care. You guys care that it's about an hour? First, first of all, we no, have No, I mean, of, we got to like probably click off sound. No, no, we're good for now. Relax. Until we see that timer, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Okay. I actually have a good answer for this. Um, I have a good answer for this because it's a good question. I will tell you one thing I definitely do. I So here's the thing. When you're in a influential influence position, people model you. I've noticed it because of my SGC program, Speaking Get Clients. My clients... Specifically, when they see what I how I did what I'm teaching them to do, they just model what I did. They don't even learn. Like, they don't take what I'm teaching them and do it on their own. They watch what I'm doing and they do it exactly the same. So, I realized something. With that being said, I do make sure that however I do things is the way I would want people to model it. I'll give you a great example. If you're a parent, this is only parents would understand this, but when you guys have kids, you'll get this. <laughs> you guys, we... <laughs> When do you guys have kids? Yeah, but you well, do. I was in, you I was, kids? No, no, no. I'm, I know I don't. I'm saying I was in a relationship before. Right? Oh, yes, I was yes, managing yes, yes. kids C, C, with C, the person. C, 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 so C. I'm saying I've experienced this on a on some level. You guys have experienced none of it yet. When you have kids, you will notice this. They will do exactly what you do. It doesn't matter what you tell them. So you might be like, don't yell, don't yell, but you're yelling at them. They'll just yell back at you. Like, nah! you know, like, but if you're like, don't yell, sweetheart. They won't even know what don't yell sweetheart means. They'll just look at you being calm and they'll go, okay, I'm going to be calm. A great rule of thumb in leadership is this. Imagine you're raising a child. And that child's going to mimic everything you do. It's going to mimic your beliefs. It's going to mimic your words. It's going to mimic um, your body language, your emotion, everything. As a leader, your team will do the same. Your customers will do the same, actually. Make sure the way, it's not just what you teach them, but the way you teach them is what you want them to model. And you know what's the great thing? You know where I actually learned this? Funny enough, in network marketing. In network marketing, multi-level marketing, I learned this the hard way. I would go and meet people one-to-one at a coffee shop. And I remember my, my upline at the time. It wasn't even a Vimeo. It was before I was in Amway before that. My upline told me, the way you enroll your people is the way they're going to enroll their people. I remember hearing that. I'm like, so do I want everyone on my team meeting people at coffee shops? Because that's a limited way of meeting people. I'm like, or do I want to teach them how to do like, um, like a pitch in front of an entire audience so that they get tons of people? 
And it hit me then. I'm like, damn, it can't, I can't just tell them to go do something. I got to make sure I do it myself so that they can see that and model it. That's good leadership. And so what I have done, um, at least since January for sure, is I've made sure that the way I am doing things is the way I want the people learning from me to do it as well. So if I'm dealing with a situation, for example, if I'm dealing with an argument with somebody, I always think before I say something, I go, if I was angry or if they were angry with someone else, how would I want them to treat that person in, in the situation? And I treat them like that. So a great example is this. Here's a bad example. I actually apologize for this publicly with Lauren. So Lauren and I had like a lot of mistakes this past week, okay? Like there's at least four or five things we did, like we did wrong with email marketing, all this stuff. She's learning, okay? Her face is right now. She's giving me this face. No, I'm not. There you are. So I, there's a couple times, and I'll be honest, probably most of the time, um, I got like, I got irritated about it because it's like when he sent an email, you can't resend it. You know what I mean? Like you can't take it back. So me and her had these heated, I'm like, Lauren, why'd you do this? And we were like, you know, friction. She was like, I learned, but I, and I'm like, ah, you know, this, we had those. And then it hit me one day, you know, after the fourth or fifth time I did it this way, I handled it this way. I said to myself, when she has a team that she's running and I walk into her handling a situation where someone made a mistake, would I want her to do that with them? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't want her. I would never want her to talk to her, her like her team that way. And I'm like, well, I can't tell her not to. I got to show her how to. So what did I do? I messaged her. I apologized. I said, listen, we're just learning. We're going to figure this out. Moving forward, I'm going to make sure I handle it exactly the way I would want her to do it with them, my, my extended team. That is leadership. So that is one thing I do do. I watch myself. I go, how I do this now is what they're going to learn, not what I say. Yeah. And that's why in parenting is so important. Stop telling your kids what to do. Start showing them how it's done. Peace out. <laughs> We're at 30 seconds on Instagram. I'm going to end it off. Or do you want to go a little more? I mean, I, you didn't answer my question. I know. Okay, guys. Instagram, we're just going to re-loop you, okay? Because, like, this show is too good right now. We can't stop. Um, yeah. Okay. Great question, Iman. Is it just yours left? Yeah. So, Instagram, tune back in so you can watch uh, the answer for Jeanette, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? By the way, Iman, when it does stop, you can make sure you post. Just go click next, 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 and then start a live again. All right, guys, on Facebook, if you guys are loving this, hit that share button. Hit that little care button. Maybe give us a couple hearts. So let us know in the comments what is your favorite part of the show so far so we know what you love and we can bring you more of that. If you're on, if you're on YouTube, I always say if you're on subscribe. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and that little notification bell. Okay, so you can get notifications on when we come out with great videos, value videos, these shows, so you can get some incredible, valuable knowledge. Um, honestly, just hit next. It doesn't matter. Just put like, yeah, whatever. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, make sure you hit that. And in the comments below, let us know what's your favorite part of the show so far so we can bring you more of that great stuff. Swipe to the left. Let's go live again. Okay. And we're back, Instagram, welcome back. So now, uh, so we just answered so far Lauren's question, Isaiah's question, Emma's question, and we, uh, we're left with? Mine. Oduro. People haven't really called me that since like high school. It's yeah. funny. Last name for, anyway. It's like those jock movies. Yeah. Yo Shafi. Well, I never I understood that. I played sports, so that's pretty much why. I never understood that. Yo Shafi. I don't really. Armin. Well, I guess it's because it's on the back of your jersey, right? Oh, that makes so, sense. yeah. I just yeah. got a question answer from me. And sports people opinion. are trying to usually be a little more respectful, you know, like sportsmanship kind of things. So True. You use the last name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or another thing is like you, if you have the same name, right? If you have common names, 
last name is always the fastest way to get yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. But anywho, so my question pick from our, let's say scene one, if you want to call it that, from our past episodes was, what motivates you to continue any project without seeing any significant growth prior? So this was a long-winded answer from Armin, which is probably why I liked it so much. Um, he basically created this analogy about, imagine you start driving to a city that's an hour away from you, and I just tell you to go east. Don't worry about traffic, just drive. Don't look at anything, just go east. And if you can neglect the turns and the gas stations along the way, you'll be impractical. So if you don't know what turn to make, you'll never get to your destination. The long-term goal gives you motivation, but the short-term goal gives you practicality. Don't think about the short and long-term goals. There is just life. All that matters is right now. Being a dreamer is good, but you've got to be a practical dreamer. We would not have technology if these people didn't dream them and then bring it back to practicality. You don't plant a seed and then start complaining that it's not growing. That's a good one right there. Right? You plant a seed and you're like, I thought I'd get obviously. <laughs> it's been three minutes. <laughs> uh, the only thing that is instant is your thoughts, right? So what in real life does not take time? How do you expect anything in a short amount of time? Mm -hmm. Knowing what my end result is going to be like is all that matters. But knowing that comes without time. Right? Your mind is like an instant imagination game. <laughs> I stay motivated for what All I work towards. <laughs> I stay motivated for what I work towards because I already experience what it's like before I get there. Motivation is an inner feeling. What you do from the inside is what matters. You get motivated by yourself, right? So that's pretty much the, the response. There's a, a lot more. I'm not going to read the whole thing. A couple thing, sentences. Right? That's it. Um, but yeah, so how do you feel about that, that answer? Still agree. 100%. Six months is not fair. Like in six years, maybe I'll have different answers. Six months means if you can't go six months without having the same opinion of six months ago, you're just a you're you're a squirrel. Like at least go at least a couple of years with the same beliefs that get you somewhere and then shift. You know. Okay, no problem. Then are you ready for my personal question? Of course. No. Oh no. <laughs> So, as I said, or I don't even know if I said it, but if you know if you know myself or you know Armin personally, you can say, you know that I've known Armin for a very, very, very long time. Not everyone knows this. Uh, how long? Five years? Six? Six. Six years. Six years. Six years. We, when, we went, when I went to Vancouver for four months, she was a part of the group of friends I went with. Um, we didn't live together, though. We were, we were in different cities. We were in different we cities. Were but we were in the same job. Yeah. We were in the same MLM company multiple times. Um, we were, uh, we were, we were trained by the same demon, you know, um, he'll, I feel like he watches these sometimes, so he, I'm sure he'll be But he like that? I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll be like, oh, call me a demon, that's so, that's so <laughs> awesome. Um, no, honestly, big, big, big shout out to him. He, big shout out to him. We yeah. had, we had a little mastermind going, um, four years ago, and it was like four of us. You know, it started me, with four. Started with four, went to about six. Yeah. Um, six and a half, one no, person like crazy. No, like eight, nine. Dude, there's other people. Anyways. No, nah, but I don't count them. Yeah. So it was me and her. Like, we went to Dubai together with the other two people. Like, we've been through a lot. And then she separated for, like, years. And uh, she went and built, like, in India, like, running tech teams and all this stuff. And then I built this business and she came back and, um, you know, became Oprah overnight. She changed her life overnight, you know? Like, um... Bob <laughs> Proctor. Bob Proctor, yeah. I changed my life overnight. Um, so, yeah. So, so we've had a long history, uh... Together, we've always. By the way, we used to. We used to hate each other. Like, I mean, I'm not like, yo, get on my face. I was like, why are you here? 
She'd be like, nobody likes you. That's the kind of stuff we would say on a regular basis. It was bad. I mean, we'd be in this office together, and that, like we were in meetings, and I would just look at her. She had this like big B face on. Like, oh, the exact face is this. Right there. Look at that. You ain't gonna get a get a mortgage with that face. <laughs> Okay, you're not going to get anywhere with that face. So I used to look at her like, do you realize how much your face says before you open your mouth? And she'd be like, do you realize how annoying you are because you talk all the time? And I'm like, well, it worked out. I'm a speaker now, so. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds. No, we were bad. It was very bad. Like, we were bad. I would go to the guy who was running, like, the show, and I would go up to him like, dude, how do you deal with her? Like, she's so I'm, annoying. I'm having the same conversations. So and like, she would go to him and say the same thing. How do you deal with him? He's so annoying. And I would say that he, he would just look at me and go, you know, you guys have the same opinion about each other. I'm like, really? And I was so pulled. I'm like, she thinks I'm bad? She's <laughs> terrible. She thinks I'm bad. I was, so, I, was, I was actually so surprised. I'm like, yeah. how can I be bad? I was such an arrogant little kid, you know? And then it's funny because, like, we, we, like, I didn't want to be around her. I just, you know, secretly what it was? I actually liked her. Like, she was such a cool person. But she never, like, approved me and, like, never wanted to talk to me. It always had an issue with me. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll play that game too. And so secretly, I'm like, I just want to be friends. And she was, you know, she was like, all the time. And uh, and it's funny because three years later, she's in the team. She's, like, running it. We're, like, best friends now. It's, like, crazy. We uh, technically, if you want to get us a little glimpse into the team, Armin is my work husband. <laughs> that makes sense. Armin is absolutely my work husband but yeah it, it was a we have a very very long long past it seems six years if you look back on it, it seems like a small amount of time but yeah. it was like the beginning of his journey the beginning of my journey so it's like in my imagination it's like or in my mind it's like that's when my life really started is six years ago right i'm not sure yeah, if you same, same, feel same, the same, same way same. right so my question with our entire history in mind you know and uh even talking about to I'm, if you, you follow me on Instagram, I just made a post about my, my it's been my one year anniversary yeah. with, with Armin, with the ESA team. Yeah, you joined our team last year in May. In June. June. In June. Officially well, I talked in to June. you in May. You talked, he called me. I called me her in India. While I was in India. It I was called like, her, it was like 2 a.m. my time. It was like, I don't know what It time. was really late in India. Oh, it was 3 a.m. her it was time. It was like yeah, exactly. 6 p.m. my time. Yeah. And she's like, hello. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, Jet. Hey, Jeanette. I'm like... He didn't call me Jay then, of course. No, no, of course not. I'm like, so what are you up to? And she's like, why are you calling me? Because remember, we were not friends. We were and I'd be friends. like, I just heard you come back to Canada. And I was like, you know, I was wondering if you want to meet or whatever. And uh, and then I literally said like this. It was like a five-minute conversation. I'm like, I have an opportunity I think you're going to really like. It was just like that. And she goes, you can tell me what it is? I'm like, of course not. Show up and we'll set up a time. Three weeks later, she's in my office. And guys, I'm not even kidding you. She knew what I was going to ask her. And I knew she was going to say yes. And just There's no like, we both knew. But I'm sitting in my office for like four hours we're having a meeting. I just looked at her. And she's looking at me. And we're both straight faced because we have the history, right? And I'm looking at her. I'm like, so uh, what do you want? I'm like, what's your vision? And she'd be like, what are you offering? Yeah, what are you offering? And I'd be like, what do you want me to offer? And she'd be like... Just started laughing, and I'd be like, listen, just let me know what your goals are. And she told me, she's like, my goals are this, 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 this. And I listened, and I'm like, and uh, if I can help you with that, would that be good? She'd be like, well, obviously. <laughs> and I look at her, and I'd be like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And she's like, so what do you want me to do? It was like that for like three hours. It was hilarious. And at the end of it, 
um, I told her, I'm like, here's what I want you to do. And she starts like getting a little teary eyed, but she holds it back, you know, these. And she goes like this. It's so crazy how this is exactly what I've always wanted to do. I can't even believe that it's happening. And I look at her, I'm like, I know it's really weird that it's like you and me right now. And like, we're talking about this because we had a weird past. And uh, it was like, she's still to shit today. We're in shock. So I'm mean, she comes by my desk. I look at her, I'm like, how do we get here? How do we get here? Like, what are you doing here? Like, it was just four years ago where I wanted to punch you in the face. Seriously, though. I would never punch you in the face. No, but if you were a man, I would. I mean, yeah, probably. 100%. We would have. If we were both Straight back if we were both guys, like, 100%. we probably. We were a Russell. Club. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know who would win, but I knew I would get into it for sure. And I always say, if I can't win the fight, I'm at least going to break your nose. At the very least. I'm going to make sure you pay. There's a good price to beating me up. Yeah, exactly. If you beat me up, I'm going to make sure you, you remember that with, like, bruises in your body. Now, I've never fought in my entire life. I've, I've only had one fight when I was in grade six, so I'm not an aggressive person. My point is I would have definitely backhanded her if she was a boy. That's how much we didn't like each other. Yes, but... That should give you faith. Yes. Because look at how good we are now. Absolutely. So if you hate someone in your life right now, there is hope. <laughs> Just dial 1-800-I-want-to-kill-my-husband, and we'll help you out. Wow, so funny. But yes. The question. Now you guys have context. Yeah. Right? So my question is, um, you know, it was, it's a very little, I don't know if you'd be able to answer this fully, right? Um, but, so you've already kind of told me what, what made you call me in the first place, right? Yeah. But have you ever had a moment where you thought back, even in this last year, and you were like, you know what, like. Um, specifically, and I, what, once again, let me know if you've never had the thought ever, but did you have a thought where you're like, you know, like, yeah, I made the right thought. I made the right decision. Like Jeanette is supposed to be here. Cause I know speaking from my perspective, I know, I remember the moment when I was like, holy shit. Like, oh, I swore. Yeah. Sorry. Time stamp. My bad. It's yeah. okay. It's your first time. It's a big mistake. <laughs> but I remember when I had the first moment and I was like, yeah, this is absolutely where I'm going to be, like, until I literally, literally, like, he couldn't get rid of me if he tried. I remember when I had that moment, right? So, have you ever had a similar, like, you know, she's where she needs to be, I'm happy that she's here moment? Are you asking for my validation? Not necessarily. I asked you for my, no, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it's not about me. Approval? No, it's not about me, it's about you and your intuition. Jay, you don't need no one's approval. I don't need your approval. You're not, I already said he can't get rid of me if he tried. Not going anywhere. First of all, I approved but. that I can get rid of anyone. <laughs> okay, let's definitely approve that. But so, any, my, if any, I love every single one of you. But if you cho- chose to join the kingdom of heaven tomorrow and something happened, I would definitely do your job. Like it's not. I mean, I'm not worried at all. But but that doesn't mean I don't want. To, I want you here. I don't want to do that. But um, yeah, don't ever own a business where you need somebody to the point where like without them your business stops. That is a terrible business owner okay just make sure you know everybody's job because as great as you are if you went out to be oprah winfrey on wings on red bull i would be able to take your job naturally, and, uh, naturally. because i want you to succeed of course are but, you asking is there been a moment where i'm like i'm so glad i made this decision to be with you yeah did i like you had a like you know that was the right decision that was a good decision that yeah. led me to hear yeah i do the moment i decided really yeah interesting see here's the thing sometimes people need the outside world to confirm their decisions inside. I confirm it on the inside. Interesting. I would not have called you in the first place if I didn't already believe that I made the right decision. Wow. When I make decisions, guys, I visualize it to the end to make sure 
I'm okay with every way it's going to turn out. I was even to the point uh, fine with calling you, you work with me for a little bit and you go do your own thing. Because I know in that little bit, I would have got so much out of being uh, having you in my team. I was okay with like Even to that extent, I have thought about it. Wow. Yeah, I don't leave surprises in my mind. And I also don't That's need crazy. you to show me I made the right decision. I know I made the right decision. Even if you came and showed me that I made the wrong one, yeah. I'd make it right. Even if you came in and like you weren't what I thought, I would just work on you and make sure we get you to that point. That's it. That's so interesting. So I don't, I don't need, you know, it's funny because I'm so happy how life works. Like the universe brings like um, things like accident. Like you were looking at the reborn footage of 2019 and you took that one part where someone asked Sonny. They're like, when did you get the big breakthrough in your business? And Sonny's response was the first day. And then, by the way, you would have never went across that if we didn't have to find footage, right? And it's perfect because I want to actually use that right now. Ironically, crazy how this stuff works. I want to say, same with Sonny's answer. Sonny said the first day I got my big breakthrough in my business. Because some people are building their business like, when am I going to get my lucky break? Sonny's like, it's the first day I decided to build this business. I got my break. My thing is, when I make a decision, the, the, the moment I make that decision is when I got what I wanted. Wow. I don't got to wait for the result to show up for me to have belief that it happened in the right way. I don't need to wait for that. Damn. With all our history in mind, eh? Yeah, 100%. That's phenomenal. You want me to... I didn't think... I didn't see that answer coming. I didn't see that answer coming for sure. It's a fire emoji, yeah. Now, you want me to go a little bit deeper, and you might not believe this, but I mean, when I say something, I, I mean it. Believe it or not, guys, it's going to show you how depth, like how deep my thinking goes, and I want you guys to think like this. Even back six years ago, when I was in that office and I hated her and she hated me and like it was just bad, I swear on my mother's life, I thought to myself, one day, you're going to come work for me. I swear to God. I'm not even kidding. Even back then. I remember specifically, I was like, she's so good at what she does, but she's so hard to get. Like she doesn't, doesn't, she's barricaded and like, don't talk to me. And I'm like... Now, I meant it egotistically back then. I'm like, you're going to work for me one day. Maybe I meant it out of ego. Like, one day you're going to work for me. But no, I, deep down in my, in, my, in my heart, I'm like, right now you work for him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. He's, and he was like, he changed my life. You know, we'll name him. Sharpen. Sharpen changed my life. Sharpen, great, great business uh, visionary. Incredible. Absolutely. Taught us everything. You know, in the beginning, we didn't know anything. And I remember you were closely working with him. In my, in my mind, I, th- I actually thought to myself even back then. I'm like, when I start my company, when I become my own sharp hand, like in my own life, because at that time he was like a mentor to me. I'm like, you will be my team. Even back then. Swear. I didn't know how. I just knew it will happen. 100%. This was five years ago, six years ago. I'm like, one day. So when I, when I had the time to call you last year, I just I told myself, I'm like, of course. Like, it had to come in due time. When I was calling her, I was like, yeah, it's like, it was a matter of time. I said I wanted this. It was my desire for her to come be the person. Because I saw how she ran everything for Sharpan. And I remember watching, I'm like, yo, she is like A plus quality what she does. She is good at what she does. She's really good at it. And uh, she's like the person you would always want next to you in a business. So I remember seeing that. I'm like, he's so lucky. He's so lucky to have you working with him. And I'm like, Damn. I'm going to cry. I need someone like that in my business. But back then, I had no business. I was just, you know, learning. When I started my business from the beginning, I gave it time. It didn't feel right. And I'm like, eventually, Jay's going to be my, my ops, like my, my, my ops manager, like my, you know, work wife, whatever you call it, the person that I can rely on to take care of everything when I'm doing my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to cry for real? Yeah. You're actually going to cry? Okay. Yeah. Someone give her a tissue. You're going to get that. Yeah. 
And I remember that me- that long ago, I was like, you know, she's going to be in my team. Like, she will be my right hand, right? And then years go by, and she actually came to Reborn and see how – I just put on my desire. Universe brought back, showed me how to get it. She comes to Reborn, my third ever Reborn, and she sends me a thank you note. This is weird because even up until then, we still hated each other. She gives me a thank you note in the office. And back then, we shared an office space. She comes up, she's like, here. I'm like, what's this for? And I read it and it's like, thank you so much. And the essence of it was this. I still remember the few lines. She goes, "Um, thank you for following your like passion because you've shown me that it's possible. Like you're an example of like, I can do this too. I remember reading that and I'm like, damn. And I went up to her, I'm like, are you joking? Literally my answer, I'm like, is this a joke? Are you joking? She goes, no, I mean it. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) I didn't believe her. I'm like, are you sure? And she goes, no, I genuinely, like, thank you. Because, like, it was seeing you up on stage doing what you do, like, and you start from nothing three months ago, like, it, it's inspiring. I'm like, no problem, Jay. And, like, you know, we hugged. That was the beginning. I'm like, yeah, she's going to be, for sure. Like, she's going to be the right hand in my business. But I had to be the person, you know. And at that time, I was not, the, I was not ready for someone like her. And, and years went by, and I did my own thing, and I learned, and she was in India. We went our separate ways. When I called her, I was so excited. I'm like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the Jay. I had to work myself up into a leader that can actually lead a J. It was so I was so honored, you know. I'm like, this is, a, guys. If you ever have an ever an opportunity to to be a leader to an A player, like she's an A player at heart, you know what I mean? Like she could she ran companies before this. She ran companies. How many companies she run? Many, many companies. <laughs> too, many. too many. She ran like startups to making money, five, ten k a month in revenue. Like she she built them from scratch. She she can do what I'm doing right now if she really wanted to. Okay. Um, so it's like some of you are watching probably how do you get people like that to, to, to you know, join your team and work with you. My answer is simple. Be the person they would want to work with. So back then I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I was still a child in my head. So when I called you, I knew. All right. My decision was made when I first laid my eyes on you and I hated you. That was my first day. Yeah, my decision was made. I'm like one day. You ever had that idea? Like Love at first sight. Yeah. Like my <laughs> work love as first sight. I'm like, this is the one I want right here. And you know what's funny, man? This is a visionary quality. Like I looked like five to ten years in the future. I, I, I when I thought about someone running my business, you know, for me and with me, like one day when we're doing stages and five thousand people and seminars, like I need someone I can trust to just get stuff done. I knew from the moment I was like sharing an office with her, I'm like, this is the person. I just I gotta wait. And going more in depth about that, but like as an entrepreneur, you should have vision, but yeah. also you should also think about your present time. Yeah, and I did. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people think about now, but you don't have a vision. So yeah, that's a problem. So think about it. Like, talk yeah, like about this it. is called faith. You know what I mean? Like I had faith that, I, that you'd come work with me. Now, by the way, if she didn't, it was like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll figure it out. And there's so many people that came before you that tried to be that person. And you know, at that time, that's all I can have. But I brought like... I genuinely feel like I brought like a, a firehouse, you know, a powerhouse. What is it? Firehouse. A powerhouse. I'm gonna call it a firehouse. <laughs> a firehouse came into the business. So when I when I called you, I already knew the decision was made, and I already knew it was a good one. Wow. Yeah, I don't have to wait to show to for you to show me. Wow. I'm I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> you know what's tough hearing what I'm saying is like, how do you have the patience and the faith to make sure that that worked out? Because everyone with fear will go, but what if that didn't happen? What if it hurt? Yeah, but what if it did? What if it worked out? You know? Um, you can't get great people to, to be with you and work with you and work for you unless you have a great mind. I'll tell you something. Sharpan told me this. I remember Sharpan taught me a very valuable... He's taught me a lot of lessons. He's taught me one very valuable lesson. I remember I was complaining to him about you. 
And I'm like, I can't deal with her. Because I think we have to do a couple things together. And I'm like, yeah. I, can't, I can't, just can't deal with her. <laughs> I just can't deal with her. There's too much tension where I, I don't feel comfortable around her. And you know what the secret, you know what the reason was, right? She was very like, I'm going to say it the way it was. I was insecure. She was afraid. So she had, Fact. she had walls up in her life because she was, everything was based off fear. She had to make sure she's always doing the right thing. Fact. And I was just always like intimidated and insecure around people because I was self-conscious. I was, uh, I had an inferiority complex. At that time, we didn't, I didn't have TGR like on a very deep level to understand I messed up, but I, I realized I messed up. I fixed it. So we both had our issues. So together we were a terrible combination. And she's always like block up and I'm like, oh, why don't you love me? You know, I remember I looked at Sharp and I'm like, bro, like, how do you like, how do you do with this? And I just complained and I complained and he just said one thing to me. I still remember this. I'm like, wow. He made me think so differently about you and anyone else that's hard to deal with. He goes, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said, but I remember the lesson I learned. He pretty much told me, it is the one with strong egos. It is the one, it's the one with the strong egos that are the best at what they do. But the trick is, how do you get them to work with you in harmony? Because they have egos. And I remember I'm like, what a genius little kid. At, at that time, you know, genius little kid. He's smaller than me, but big mind. I remember thinking, wow, he's right. Because I thought about it. I always knew from the beginning, she's really good at what she does. I'm like, how did he get her to work for him? I'm like, yo, that's, that's, that's skillful. Because she had an ego, like a big, like she's like, no, like she knew. I'm like, how did this guy get her to want to work for work for him and that's when it hit me like I gotta learn this I have to learn how to get people that are hard to deal with to get them to work with you because deep down inside of Matt he goes he said it to me like this he goes you know how she's like totally like a B because he knew he's like she's cold like cold yeah cold okay a B he goes she's just doing that to you imagine if she did it for you I'm like whoa and he was right I'm like what if I had a J with that kind of like fierce, like, don't F with me, but she was on my team? Then I'm like, I really got a, like a strong defense. And I realized at the time the value you had, I didn't see your value. I was looking too much at your, like my insecurities in you. Yeah. But I realized your value and I realized you're only this, like, like don't F with me because you're so good. And because you like, you, you were just confident in yourself. And I realized I didn't know, I wasn't confident myself. I didn't know how to lead confident people, and he did. And I learned such a valuable lesson humbled me. So all the all the like thing I had with you turned into like admiration. I'm like, damn. So you're just good and I'm just bad at like getting you to like like me and like work with me. I'm just bad at like influencing you. That's a me problem, not a you problem. Yeah, that's a good lesson to learn. It's usually the ones that are hard to deal with in terms of like their egos. Like you have to make sure you can manage them and like work with them without hurting their egos because you don't want a bunch of like self-conscious, unconfident people that look up to you all the time and running around like your little minions. Like you don't want that, bro. You want superheroes. And I feel like my team is made up of incredible leaders on their own. Like Absolutely. they have their own leadership. Um, and so like people are like, how do you get leaders to, you know, follow you? And I'm like, first of all, they're not following. They're leaders, right? So they're leading in their own sense. They don't feel like they're behind me. They feel like they're next to me somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, and then they're following me. In other cases, there's no ego there. But it's like because you have to be a leader that can do that, you know? And I said in the last episode, I'm like, I realized the answer to everything is just change yourself. Just upgrade yourself and everything else will fall in place. So your uh, remarks? Wow. <laughs> I mean, for one, I'm like a little, I'm a little surprised a little bit because, you know, with we had a very, very extensive history of like 
conflict like real conflict like this person like you know those people who you meet and you're like they're just not, not they're just not my type of person like yeah. you know like we're just never gonna mesh yeah. like that was genuinely my belief right and then over time you know literally just watching you grow watching you develop and like it's, it's the same thing right it, it was like it just suddenly it's like something just switched right and it turned to admiration and like being a student of I was a student of his before I was ever a part of the team right and it was a part of us as well as like it's like humbling myself to be a student to someone who I, I never imagined I'd be a student to, right? And it's like, especially when you're someone who is like an A-type personality, who, you know, you do have many, many qualities of, let's say, leadership or things that you want to pursue. Naturally, it's hard to, like, put yourself from a number one to a number two position. Like, it's just, it's just a mindset thing, right? But there's a, there's a time that will come, and any A-player will tell you this, that they need mentors, they need coaches, and they need someone to kind of unlock the things that's within them that they weren't necessarily ready to unlock. And it was like, um, it was literally the moment when I, when I was writing that card to Armin and I was like, you know, I may have, I may have always needed Armin. If I had to think back, I was like, wow, like, if I let Armin in to, like, me, or to, if I ever interacted with him the way I'm interacting with him now, like I was back then, you know, maybe I would have unlocked what was ever inside of me much, much sooner, right? But at the end of the day, it was all a part of the journey that brought us here. But it was that moment writing that card that I was like, you know, Armin has, Armin has something that is missing in me, right? And I need, in this moment, and for the like for the foreseeable future to to learn what Armin has to teach me it like it's like a switch like it just kind of went off and I'm like you know what Armin's got Armin's got the sauce he's got the sauce okay. that I need for my pizza to cook and like really really come out of the oven and be that you know that masterpiece where you're like mm, that's good that's really good right and you know like it's, me <laughs> right we got to eat lunch after this but you know, it's been an absolute, <laughs> Isaiah put up the fire, but it's, it's actually, and this is, this is a message to like everyone with even in our team and like to anybody who like is a leader or an A player in their lives and they're working towards something, you're going to find the people in your life who are going to give you your magic sauce, you know, but you also have to be ready to work for it. You also have to be ready to like check your own ego at the door, right? It's so humbling. It's so humbling and so powerful and has been, and I'm making this about me, but it's been the, the year of a lifetime for me, <laughs> you know, being and working within this team. So, I mean, a six, our six month anniversary for the show, it's been crazy. It's just been nuts, but full of gratitude. I mean, do you have anything else to add? That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's go straight to two hours. We have another 30 minutes. Let's make some fun happen. Might as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Well. Wow, I'm like, oh my, I'm a, my heart's exploding I'm with love. One of these. Oh, my heart's exploding. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, it's a, guys, six-month anniversary. The least we could do is go twice the time. Right. The least, right? Um, and I want to bring some real, like some serious value now to everyone watching. Um, this whole number one, number two player, I'm glad you said this. You know? Yeah. There's no one great in this world that doesn't have a number one, they're a number two to, even though they're number one to others. Get what I'm saying? Um, be very, like, you should be very worried if you're the only number one in your life. Fact. Now you're, now you're stuck. 
um, do not be arrogant enough to think that you should be the top of your own world. I'm not. There is a handful of people I genuinely, I feel like a number two too and I'm honored. Because I get to learn from another number one. And here's the thing. You can't be, you can't learn from a number one if you're number one next to them. You just can't. You only learn from a number one when you're, when you're the number two. Because they're leading. Yeah. Right? So if you want to learn from other people that are just as good as you, better um, in what they do, you got to be their number two. You got to be their B player. The greatest thing she could have done is is realize that. And then in one year, how much has like changed for you? Everything. 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 Um, and a year ago, she could have made a very silly mistake of thinking, well, I don't need you because I'm an A player. And I'm like, all right, go do your own thing. And unfortunately, and I say this with like compassion, there have been people that come into my business. They were doing good as a B player to me. And the moment their ego took them over, and they're like, well, I can, I don't need you. Like they got into like, I don't need you. I'm an A player myself. They went and did their own thing. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing, by the way. I can name one person that actually went and did one thing. Uh, they did that well. Everybody else, I don't know where they're at now. And it's like simple thing to let their egos get a hold of them. They let their egos rob them from the opportunity to learn from someone who's just a few steps ahead of them. I would hate to ever be in a position where I don't have someone to learn from. And I don't mean books and courses. I mean a real-life person you can call. And to me in my life, that's Sonny Verma, CEO of Tudor Bright like an older brother to me and honestly one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, genuinely. Um, Satish Verma, uh, his dad, president of Thinking Grow Rich, he is like, I couldn't, have been, I couldn't have been luckier to have him in my life. I genuinely don't know where I'd be today. I probably still have a lot of messed up things inside of me. He helped me fix a lot of things inside of me. Um, Mohammed Kermali, who owns the, the floor I rent my office from, we go golfing together, we um, the car I own now, my Jaguar, was his. So my first ever sports car was uh, I bought from him, and he's a mentor to me. He's someone I love to learn from. He's so incredibly intelligent, so poised. He's the type of person I like to watch to learn how would he want to exemplify what his people can be because he's the most poised person I've ever met in my life. Such a genuine person. If I didn't have these people in my life that I can talk to, learn from, and be a number two to when I'm with them so I can learn from them, always know that I don't know as much as them or uh, haven't done as much as them, you know, I would be stuck. Like you guys would be listening to someone that's just arrogant and thinks their his opinion matters. I don't know. I'm at always point at any moment I could be wrong. When I talk to them, I get these brand new ideas. And like think about it like this. Tony Robbins was my virtual mentor in the beginning. I just studied him all day. Even he has a handful of incredible mentors and coaches. And he's the best life coach in the world. Proclaimed not by himself, by others. Highest paid life coach in the world as well. And I look at this, I'm like, look, if he has coaches. He has people he learns from. He's a number two to a lot of people. We cannot even begin to think. We are, you know, we don't need one. Of course you do. Um, so so the greatest thing you could have done was uh, put yourself in that position where um, sounds like a really loud no nose clipper. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm thinking about when I hear that. Um, you got to be a number two. Greatest problem with people that are stuck in poverty, like stuck with being broke or stuck with uh, the fear of like being poor or whatever, is um, if I ask you, who do you know in your life that's super rich or very successful that you can go and learn from right now, you can call them, you, most of them say, I don't have anyone. I'm like, that's your problem. You don't have a person to learn from. Like a course in a video doesn't do you justice. In the beginning, it might do you a little bit of uh, goodness, but until you can call somebody and say, like, how's your day going? What's your schedule like? What are you doing? Can I work for you? you, you, you you're stuck where you're at. So, yeah, it's my honor that you, you could have done this with anyone, you know? 
So let's open up the floor for extra questions and comments and stuff. Like Lauren, I'm sure you're boiling with questions. So is Isaiah. I'm sure Iman's boiling to read us the engagement right now. What's going on on Facebook, on Instagram? Jessica says, I love it, ha ha ha. It's always Avengers examples. <laughs> always Avengers examples. If you guys are not watching Avengers, you're missing that. And Arvin says, interesting way to negotiate. That was about your uh, uh, meet with Arvin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because we already knew. At the end of it, we actually looked at each other. We're like, we w- you, I want to be here. Yeah, I'm like, he's literally I like, want you to be here. Like, I want you to be here. You want to be here. Like, let's just do it. I and then, and then she's like, why don't you get to the point? I'm like, this is way more fun. <laughs> literally, that's what he's actually. This is way more fun. Like, and she goes, this is more fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jessica also says, yes, I agree. I was just listening to Outwitting the Devil again, and it applies to today so much, even though it was written years ago. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. How about Instagram? Well, you said have me thinking, man. Like, <laughs> what I say? They're like, well, what, uh, Mister, um, what's his name, Mister Sherman? What he said about how, like, for you to influence someone, you have to become that person. Yeah, hundred percent. Like without that, just be quiet. Yeah. Just you have to become that person. Yeah, become, become a person. That was insane. It has me just thinking. Yeah, man. By the way, guys, if you have questions, go to askarmin.com, submit them. I Um, think I saw one before. It was maybe from Marlena? I'm not sure. It's okay. If you have questions, go to askarmin.com, submit your questions there, and I'll give you free coaching worth thousands of dollars. I'll help you out with your business. I'll help you out with your mindset. Um, You know, I want to give back. This is my way of giving back. So make sure you go to askarmin.com. You uh, fill out the question um, and put your name in, and uh, and your information so we can shout you out on the, on the actual show. And then click that little button at the, at the bottom of the box so that I can send you emails filled with valuable uh, information, valuable free content that can help you with your business um, if you guys like it, you know. So, more questions. I know you guys have more than one. What's the crazy thing? Yeah. So, uh, on repeat on Friday, right? I heard you, you're having like a mentorship coaching or something like that. Yeah. And you were talking about Steve Jobs about what? this motivational um video about like death like he was explaining yeah, yeah, about yeah. that about how death is inevitable like it, yeah it has to happen and people are scared people that want to go to heaven are scared to die yeah but it has to happen and i was listening to that motivation all over and over again just to understand what his message was because he obviously had a message in there right and i'm understanding i'm like so why am i scared to ever why am i scared of failure period why am i scared to pick up a phone to call yeah. Am I scared to do anything, period? If the most important thing to me is my dreams. Yeah. Without my dreams, I'll I'll have so much without my dreams I will not I'll be miserable. But to get my dreams, I have to fail. Death is inevitable, which means that I'm limited to the time I could spend in this earth. Which means that what am I doing right now? What's so important to me? It comes down to the question that I was asking myself, like What's so important to you? Yeah. Like, would you rather live in a world with without what you want or would you rather live in a world with what you want? And as soon as you make that decision, it's like, come on. Yeah. If you don't do nothing, you're still failing because you're still going to be a failure. So yeah. you picking up, you not picking up that phone, you're still going to be a failure. So why don't you just pick up that phone? At least you have a better chance of getting what you want. And I was just thinking about his message and it's like, it's just so, like, as, as soon as you understand that, you are going to die. Everyone is going to die. That's inevitable. We're all going to die. And you understand the fact that the most important thing to you is your dreams. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you? It's funny because if you think about failure, um, 
you only are scared to do something because you think you have something to lose if you fail. Yeah. You got nothing to lose. What do you got to lose if you fail? Your reputation, someone's opinion of you, your opinion of yourself. This is the only thing that's all made up. There's actually nothing physically you're going to lose by trying and failing. And the more you try and fail, you get past all the BS and then you get straight to the success. It's so weird. People are afraid of doing things. Why? There is no consequence other than if you do nothing, there's a guaranteed consequence. Guaranteed. If you do something, there's a chance for success and a chance for learning, not even a consequence. I feel like people don't understand that. Yeah. It's funny. So that's what I was just thinking about this week and I was like, whoa, Steve Jobs was yeah. onto something with that motivational. Yeah. Video. Lauren? What you got? The website again is askarmin.com. <laughs> I'm going to get you to do all of our commercials. Yeah, commercial. Welcome to Armin Shafi's company. <laughs> Go to askarmin.com. How many black t-shirts do you own? That's what I'm saying. Lauren's been on my case because all I wear is black t-shirts. Okay, let me, let me get this clear to you. Okay, guys. In my wardrobe, like in my actual, if you open my closet right now, there is a stack of eight to nine different pairs of underwear, so I can wear one a day and mm -hmm. then just rinse and repeat at the end of the week. There is about six to seven different pairs of socks, so I can wear one a day and just move on. And some extra ones just in case. There is exactly seven black t-shirts. And there's like four white t-shirts. And the white t-shirts, one is a golf shirt, so I can go golfing with it. And the other ones are just because I had them. Like, I don't, I don't even wear them. And I have one pair of jeans. I don't have multiple pairs. One pair of jeans, one belt. To brown belts, one pair of jeans, and one pair of shoes. When I open my closet in the morning, all I do is put on the same pair of jeans, I don't think. And I just grab the next black t-shirt that's under. And then I leave my house. Some of you spend easily 30 minutes looking at what to wear, how to wear it, how to match it with something, if it's going to look good. That is time you could have been spent building your business. And this is not just me. Steve Jobs wore the same turtleneck with the same pair of jeans and the same running shoes every time. Barack Obama had one suit ready for each day of the week. And he just got up and he knew what suit he's going to wear. Edwin C. Barnes, who was the right-hand man to Thomas Edison, had 31 pairs of suits. He never wore the same suit one day back-to-back, -back, ever. Two days in a row. He had a suit for each day of the month. Now, when you have a lot of money, you could do that. And what he did was he knew what he's wearing on that day of the month. Very highly successful people. Productive, crazy animals. They don't worry about what they're going to wear. Now, I made this very clear when I said that in the office the other day, that that's obviously easier for men to say. Women cannot get up and wear the exact same thing every day. However they can definitely minimize how much they think about what they're going to wear. You don't have to over-exaggerate it and make it a photo shoot every day. Unless it's a part of your purpose and you love it, then, then it's productive. Because when you're figuring out what to wear and you're in the fashion like scene, that's productive. When it doesn't matter, that and it just helps you boost your self-confidence, that is productive. But when you pass the time where you're wasting time at this point, like at least have your, your outfits ready at the beginning of the week. You know what I mean? Um, at the very least. Yeah. And you said this once, though, in the, like your other episodes, you said that that's also like a factor of being indecisive. Yeah, 100%. Like you open your mind um, sensitive to making, uh, can't make up your mind in the morning. So I wear the same thing every day, Lauren, because um, I just don't have time to think about it.
and I don't care. And guess what? I feel great in these clothes. So when I find something I like, I just go with it. Why do I have to change it up? I actually went to, to the mall to buy like three more pairs of black t-shirts today that are more fitted because my body's changed, right? And there's such a long lineup. There's like two people at a time in a massive store because of COVID. Oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. I have seven shirts. I'm fine. What's your opinion on this, by the way? On outfits? Yeah. Well, for one... Because you look great every day. So does Lauren. Me, Maud, and Isaiah look like we haven't, you know, washed our clothes for seven weeks. And we're just coming <laughs> in with the same t-shirt and jeans all the time. So, for you two, uh, like, what does this mean for you? I mean, well, for one, I want to say, Lauren, this is not a new Armin thing. This has been a, this has been a thing that he has always No, done. that's not true. Fun back fact. Back in the day. Fun fact. I was... I used to model, so... I, yeah, way back in the day, he used to model. But fun fact... Was it four or three years ago? Yeah, I, run a, I ran a company where we actually did other people's laundry. Armin was one of our clients. His wardrobe wasn't that vast then either, okay? Predominantly dry cleaning suits, but that's really yeah, I just I just wore suits every day. Yeah. So, by the way, I used He's to wear suits. He's always been like this. You remember when I used like, to wear suits every day? Yeah, you I came at the end of it. Every day I'd wear Guys, you, go back to my Facebook three Lives. Piece, three piece. Go back to my Facebook time. Lives on Facebook. You'll be so shocked. I was so sharp. I would wear a three-piece suit. Matching tie with a pocket. I spent 45 minutes every morning doing that. Change my Rolex and my Hublot to match the color of my belt to my sock. Are you joking? I've never been happier in my life wearing t-shirts. And you know, I had this belief. Like, I'm like, I got to dress the part. I used to wear it because I, and I felt great. It was like, I got used to it. But like, go back to, go on my Instagram right now. On my Instagram and scroll to the highlights and start from the beginning. Every day, every time there was an episode, I did a day, I did an episode, I did a video of a success tip every day for 30 days. Every day I wore a different outfit. It was a different suit. Lauren would have loved me back then. <laughs> but you know what? What was a waste of that time? What was a sad part? I actually spent so much time I could have like I was wasted on that. Yeah. And you know who only saw me and like two people in my office? That's it. But I'm like, I love how it makes me feel, and it did. By the way, it made me feel great every day. I look great every day, and people would always ask me, "Where are you going?" I'd be like, "To a wedding." That was my answer all the time because they wouldn't believe I'm dressed like that for the day for a regular work day. So I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm on a wedding, to, you know, tonight." They go, oh, "Wow, congrats. They made sense. I'm like, "Good job." I used to come out with like suits, like nice. I still have those nice. suits. I just Very don't, nice. I don't wear them. Yeah. You know, it's just a waste of time. You know what's funny? I was telling this to Isaiah. People who make under 100 grand a year dress like they make multiple six figures. They dress like that. People who make multiple six figures dress like they make millions. People who make millions dress like they're billionaires. And billionaires dress like they're poor. What a weird cycle. Have you noticed this? Yeah. I know people who make not even 100 grand a year, but they dress like. They make $500,000 a year, you know? They don't know people who made like a quarter million dollars a year. They dress like they made $7 million last year. Bling, bling, triple piece suit, four piece suit, socks matching their, their glasses, like everything, you know? And then I meet a few millionaires and they dress like they're the Don Corleone, you know? Like they make billions of dollars. They go, they, they even hire like maids and they only make like $3 million, but they hire maids and assistant, everything, you know, like... You know what I mean? And then you, then you meet like the people who make above half a billion dollars, billion dollars. All of them dress like me. I'm just saying because I'm not modeling it because they're billionaires dressed like that. But I'm like, they don't care. Mark Zuckerberg only wore a blazer once because he met the president of the United States. Like Jeff Bezos wears like a t-shirt now on his interviews and maybe a blazer. Elon doesn't even care. Elon, I've never seen Elon in a suit ever in my life. I think he wears like t-shirts and blazers and that's it. Like hmm. really weird, right? That is true. So here's a big thing I knew. When I was making, when I made 100 grand a year the first year, I dressed up in suits. I looked like I made multiple six figures. And then I made multiple six figures and I dressed like I was a millionaire. 
Then it's like now we're now we're like going to the millionaire market. I'm I'm dressing downwards because I got the point. I'm like I don't need to dress like I'm a billionaire. Like I think I'm a billionaire now. I could just go straight to I don't care what you think. <laughs> you know, like yeah. let me just be comfortable and get the work done. So and Sunny, Sunny, you know, Sunny has a multi million dollar business. When he coaches me, it's funny. Every time he looks like he's a, a student in college. Sort of guy. He's wearing a hoodie. His hair is always funky. I love his hair. He's like wearing headphones, probably a cap, a sweater, or a t-shirt. That's it. And I'm like, and it didn't hit me. Oh, this is a good story. It didn't hit me once I went to go meet Sonny last year in the middle of my 3P suit days. So I go to his office. Here is this wildly successful businessman next to like, I'm just a startup. I look like I own the building. He looks like he just came out of like Ryerson University. And I'm not sure if he's watching this, he'll laugh. Because like that's he was wearing his own hoodie for his company. He looked great. Doesn't mean he looked bad. But he didn't look like he was dressing to impress. And I remember sitting across from him. I'm in a three-piece suit wearing like a like a nice fall coat. Like I look like a, you know. And he's just sitting there like his hair's messy because he's been working. He doesn't even care. He's just sitting there, he looks at me, he's like, he looks at me and he directly commented. He's like, So do you wear a suit like all the time? It was like a conversation about my suit. I'm like, honestly, I just feel good at this. And I forgot the conversation in detail, but I remember we went back and forth about outfits. And I was so blown away. I'm like, why is he not dressed well? Like, I mean, like, dressed like me. Because I thought, making a little bit of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, I would dress better, right? And it hit me, man. When you see somebody wearing bling, bling, ring, ring, watch, watch, bracelet, chain, chain, Okay, first of all, that's from media, just because rappers do that stuff. And it looks great, but like, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an act, because you're a rapper. Um, I'm sure they don't dress like that all the time. They dress like that because, or maybe they generally think that's fine. Um, every time I've seen this now, I've realized, I mean, those people don't have a lot of money. I've actually yet to meet someone that makes real money that dresses like, like a rapper. And I say like a rapper with like respect. I mean, I used to be, I used to think I was a rapper in high school too. Like, Muhammad is the best dressed person I know. And I know he's a millionaire, you know, he's a mentor of mine. And he still comes in a golf shirt sometimes and shorts. And dresses down. And the most he dresses is like a, a dress shirt and a nice blazer. And his watch is worth like, you know, 10 grand. Like you wouldn't know even if you couldn't afford that watch that it's a nice, that it's an expensive watch. But I'm like, he doesn't even try. He doesn't care. He just dresses poised, like clean. We never have I seen more jewelry and rings. And I only noticed this. And listen, I say this with compassion. I'm not saying if you're watching this, you have a lot of money and blink. I'm not saying... It, this is the fact. I'm just saying I've noticed majority of people that bling, bling, swing, swing, sing, sing, whatever, most of them are broke. Let alone broke, they only have a little bit of money. Mm. It's just a, it's an interesting thing, especially from the tech world. Oh, yeah. All the tech people make like, they're raising like millions, like more than you can even count. Hundreds of millions. The guy looks they like, don't yeah, they don't care. They look like he's, he's bunking with his friend in an apartment. I'm just saying. So, the rule of thumb. Now, it's only different if I go to events. I, I dress nice because I'm a speaker there. Like, it's different. Honestly, but now I'll probably still show up with jeans and... I'm not even kidding. Jeans and a t-shirt. And I'll speak on a stage with a thousand people. I don't care. No, no, no. I swear to God, Lauren, you're not dressing me. I'm dressing like this on a stage when I go back. When I go back to Reborn, I will be wearing a t-shirt. The most I'll do is wear, like, black pants with my t-shirt. Just so it looks dressy. Okay. Like, that's good. But, like, there's... What I was trying to get at is that there's a difference between dressing... I'm not saying you dress this way... There's classy and then there's trashy. Uh, I don't so, dress trashy. Wait, I, yeah, I know. But what you were talking about, like when people like dress up with bling bling and all that stuff, that's trashy dressing. Okay. That's them making. She's a fashion expert, by the way. It's her words, oh. not mine. <laughs> like that's trashy dressing. Yeah, it's but, like, like cliche. Or, oh, not yeah, a cliche. It's, it's, it's tacky. It's tacky. Is that the tacky? Yeah. yeah. 
But then there's like, if you go into the fashion industry, everyone dresses nice. Like that's it, just a fact. They, yeah. Because that's their industry. They dress that's clean. What they're interested clean, in. Clean. Yeah. They dress clean. Clean. Yeah. That's I, what I'm getting. I'm saying I think I dress clean. She doesn't agree with me. <laughs> I think my black t-shirt and jeans are nice because you know what? My t-shirt's nice and fitted. My jeans are nice and nice color. I think I dress clean. No, that's the thing. Good. I feel good in what I wear. I feel good in what I wear. If I felt, here's my only rule of thumb: don't look like crap. Meaning, like you feel like crap. Yeah. Like you show up to work and you know that's different. But look good, whatever good is to you. Overdoing it is what I'm talking about. Usually, other people that are just trying hard and they have inferiority complexes. I have yet. I'm talking, guys. I'm going to say this one more time. I've yet to meet a person at networking events that. And me and Satish, we laugh about this all the time. Me and Satish always laugh about this because, like, Satish also just at most wears a uh, blue blazer yeah. with his dress shirt at most. And that's, he wears the same every day. He doesn't wear a watch. Doesn't wear a necklace. Doesn't wear anything. He's just like, and I'm like, yo, he's the teacher. He's the president of thinking the rich. When we get people like I see these guys like three chains, uh, a watch that can you know blind you, the rings. The rings are the biggest ones. I eh? had the big rings. Yeah, massive. That that Super Bowl rings size. You know, like this big. There's yeah. a ring this big. I own one by the way. I own a lot of these. I just stopped buying them. And I'm like, I look at them. I've yet to meet a person that's dressing like this that deep down inside they're like legit, genuine, successful human beings, have peace of mind and a lot of money. I've yet to. And every time I meet a very wealthy person, they always dress down. Every, every time. I met a guy who was worth $700 million with Satish. He's one of the students of Thinking Grudge. The guy was wearing uh, like a golf shirt. You get what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. It's a good show. If you guys right? like this show, by the way, if you guys like this right now, if you're on Facebook, hit that share button! So some people can hear out what we're saying here. Maybe it could change your life. And drop a comment down below. What is your favorite takeaway so far from the episode? If you're on Instagram, also leave a comment letting us know what's the favorite part of your episode so far of the six-month anniversary. And uh, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that little notification bell. If you want more incredible content, if you like what you're hearing, we're going to give you more of it every single week. Um, and yeah, guys, uh, drop a comment down below in the YouTube and the YouTube page letting us know, you know, what was your favorite takeaway so far from this? Um, and if you're going to implement it. So um, if you have questions, guys, if you have questions, stop being afraid. Just go straight to askarman.com, submit your question, and we'll answer live on the show. You can literally get thousands of dollars worth of free coaching on your business and on your mindset that you would have had to pay me otherwise. I'll do on the show for free. And that's what I'll do for you. So just go to askarman.com and, uh, and, uh, and submit your question there. So, yeah, go ahead. Closing remarks. Yeah, well, really quick, just on the close. I mean, I think for women, uh, yeah. if you're dressing for somebody else, you're wrong. You're doing it wrong. Okay. Just pick things out that you feel like your best self in. Genuinely. I think that's the bottom line, right? Like for women, we've got to accentuate certain things. You know, we want things to fit in this way or that way, or, you know, get this curve looking just right, whatever. But if you're doing it for someone else, you might as well just wear a paper bag, you know? Wake up in the morning and put on whatever you feel. Garbage bag. Feels good. Oh, garbage bag's bigger, right? <laughs> just just put on what makes you feel like your most like your best self, right? If that's if that's a t-shirt and jeans, wear a t-shirt well, and jeans. What she just said was brilliant. Because even when I think back to when I was wearing suits, I wore it for myself too. I yeah. never wore it for others. I wore so key is no matter what you wear, just make sure you're doing it for yourself. Absolutely. Wear what makes you feel good. Sometimes being fashionable makes you feel good. So do that for yourself. Like I did as well, and you did and I'm just saying then eventually what you want to do for yourself is also comfortable. And exactly. now comfort is my real priority, not, not looking good for anyone. You know, by the way, here's a little hack to looking great no matter what you wear all the time. Get fit. That's your hack. But Armin, but Armin nothing. Smile. Get fit. 
No, smile. Even if you smile on an unhealthy body, it, true, you're going you're to look, you're right, you know. You're right, you're actually, no, I can't. I've, I've met some really unhealthy people that like the greatest smiles. They just spray my day. <laughs> my point is, though, if you want to feel great, look great, and just never worry about what you wear, like, get fit, get healthy. Promise you. You know what I say to them? I'm like, before I used to wear suits to, like, be my suit, you know, like, to, to show my alpha or whatever. Um, now I'm like, if I wear a t-shirt, my suit is my, my fitness. You know what I mean? Like, my, my suit is my body. I don't need a... Because it's like suits for men are like lingerie for men, right? I'm like, I don't need... The lingerie is my body now. <laughs> I meant that like, you know, PG, PG 18 plus. PG 18 plus. Oh the lingerie of my body... It, it, the lingerie is not the suit anymore. It's my body. You know what I mean? Because the suit is, a, is like a cheat. You look, even if you're not fit, you look great in a suit. Absolutely. Like, get fit. And I could wear a tank top and I still look great. Because my attitude is positive, I have a smile, I'm excited, I have purpose in my life, and my, and my body shows you an example of my discipline, of my, of my love for myself, because I love myself so much, I get fit. I get myself into a good shape. And I, it was very hard. I had to wear suits back then, I was like overweight, and I was like, I was unhealthy, I was like skinny fat. Um, and it was tough, it was tough to... Skinny thick? No, slim, skinny thick. Slim thick? No, definitely not that. I was skinny fat. I love handles, you know, and they were not full of love. That's what it's called. That's what the kids say. It's slim thick. <laughs> love Listen, handles. kids, it's not slim thick. Love handles. Skinny fat. Not full of love. Funny. Yeah, love handles, not full of love. They were like resentment handles. <laughs> but you lose weight. You, you feel great, guys. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you wear. Anyways, it's been a great episode. Right? What an episode. Wow. She even <laughs> cried. I got to make sure I match it. Oh. Really Thank you for tuning in to the six month anniversary of Clear Talk. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that meme? I love you and I miss you. <laughs> you ever seen that? It's like Lamborghinis racing with the girl's voice. <laughs> the funniest thing in the world thank you for tuning in to clear talk this is the number one show for entrepreneurs who need clarity i'm your host armin chappie this is my co-host for the six month anniversary episode Jeanette Oduro. and i hope you enjoyed the show make sure you ask your questions at askarmin.com so we can see you every monday at 12 p.m eastern time love you so much and make the rest of your week the best of your week